The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. What about this rumor that you are moving higher, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. When you mute yourself to let the trailer run for your program, always remember to unmute yourself. Ding, 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 ding. Anyway, I am your host for tonight, Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat's on Twitter. You can also find me at NewsNewsNeed on Twitter. You can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Ending in the new year with that little festive jaunt is the man behind the soundboards, our man in Brooklyn. One, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Merry New Year! Oh, geez. First one of those of the year. Uh, um, <laughs> you know what? And we do these like we... Big time. Yeah, no, right? Um, we... I don't know how many of these we do per year, which I guess you should actually keep track of, but sometimes it slides. Um, but, well, I don't know why I'm saying that, but basically it's like, hey, this, this is going to be a whole another new year of that and whatever other things got, got coming to us in the future. Um... Also, not with us tonight, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter, PopCultureNet on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com, and his umbrella sites therein. Just, just, just a little this way. This way. There we go. And also the Osiris. And hopefully someday this year, this, this well, I, there at some point, all this miss behind me is going to get cleared up. But anyway... Not with us tonight uh, is the Osiris that is ish. One, Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter. And TheClickNation.com. That's T-K-L-I-Q-T-A-T. I almost had it. <laughs> T-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. And also uh, over at uh, Comic Resources Wizard over there writing his face off. Indeed, and you can find this here program on the Cold Slither Podcast Network, where you can find this and a bunch of other uh, podcasts. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. And that's what I was waiting for, and I was like, and I was like, you screwing this up. Hey, you got to get one in for the year, right? Which, hey, this is me, so you know where this is going to go. You can also it's find this here. So what? said it's all good <laughs> you can also find this here podcast on your podcast perusal place of choice and there's another not another p that i could have put in that place sadly uh google play apple itunes aka okay, apple Podcasts, spotify and the coast of the podcast soundcloud page 
and we begin like we do. Forget, I was about to say, and don't forget that you can watch this show live or on uh, YouTube on the Click Nation's YouTube page. As you can right. see, uh, you can keep track of the respective messes behind myself and uh, Roddy Cat as we endeavor to clean up over the course of the year 2020. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. <laughs> One way or another, that's going to happen, and sadly, I know which way it's going to, it looks like it's going to happen. Regardless, since there are changes to be coming forthwith somewhat. Um, hopefully for the better for everyone. By the way, and if we didn't say so before, which I know we did, Happy New Year. I hope you are starting off this new year healthy and happy and prosperous and BS free from all the craziness that's going on in the world um, and on social media because there's a lot of BS there also but regardless it's beef jerky time <clears throat> it is beef jerky time yes we, we should all go to the pavilion and have great fun yes <clears throat> but uh, in order for us to get to the pavilion we have to get on the train we have to find uh, I can't, forgot dude's name um and hopefully Jamie Lee Curtis in a very willing pair of later hosen or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've exhausted all of the trading places uh, 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 bits around that, you should go watch that movie. It's great. Uh, we're going to get into the first book of the year, much less first book of the week. And that would be X-Men number four. 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 <laughs> so... Um, you want to start? All righty. So, uh, X Men number four has um, the Krakoan delegation uh, at representing uh, Krakoa at Davos at the World Economic Forum. This is a terrifyingly realistic, real world tie-in for a for something that would happen to a brand new country that happens to have a lot of economic clout and. What, uh, what what else happens in this issue is that there is spoiler alert yet another attempt upon the life of Professor X and or the entire Krakoan delegation. Yes, but this time they're not caught with their pants down. In fact, they are quite handily um, uh, well aware of the situation and handle their hand as all of this is going on. So, which is, is, is also a weird thing to see because, you know, even coming into Hoxbox and all of the mutants who we formerly knew as bad guys, you know, are pretty much just here and they're serving their purpose. We have two such ones, Magneto and Apocalypse on oh, the, three. Well, yeah, I, well, what, I was counting Gorgon less to a degree because he's basically the the um, he, he's basically the, uh, the 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 bodyguard in this situation, but yes. Oh, I gotcha. I was about to say because, but he does count as a former bad guy. Oh, yeah. This is also cool. true, but yeah. But I meant like big, 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 big bads. I see. Um, as a part of the delegation going in, and you know, having uh, Scott and Gorgon, you know, basically being the two man bodyguard. Which, I guess, if you got that crew, you don't really need that many. More, uh, you know, who else you need? I don't know too much about Gorgon. Or at least this version of, or at least this Gorgon, because the other Gorgon I know about is the Inhuman, but that's a whole other story. Um, right. But yeah, apparently from what little I've read, he's you know, he's well worth his weight and what happened. So I have not, I don't think I've ever read any stories with him. Right. For uh, for people looking for more information on this version of uh, Gorgon, 
please look up uh, the Secret Warriors. Wait, um, the Secret Warriors book. He shows up uh, in yeah. He he definitely shows up in Spades in that book. Okay, I read that. I don't remember. He's there. Okay, well, take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> the Secret Warriors, the entire you know the uh, the Hickman limited series. Yeah, like that. I read. I totally read that, but I don't remember. So, oh, he's there. He shows up, I believe, in uh, lots of uh, Wolverine comics as well. I believe he is in the. I want to say he's in the series uh, where he where Wolverine is turned against Shield. Mm. Wait, and turned against the Marvel Universe. Hickman's Secret Warriors. I don't. I did not read that whole thing. Now that I think about it, okay. I I did. I read a couple of issues, but I didn't read the whole thing. I just remember that. So yeah, that's probably gotcha. why I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, uh, he is. He he definitely makes an appearance in those Wolverine issues where Wolverine is turned against Shield. I can't believe how far back those those books go now. You know, it's actually you know it it's it, it's funny that. Something like that seems so new to me, but that is circa, believe it or not, it's circa like early 2000s, mid 2000s. Right. We're talking like 15 years ago. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things where we will find out later there's an anniversary or there was an anniversary of another comic event that we will talk about later on in the news. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem that long ago, but yet it was. But yeah, but as far as this uh, issue is concerned, like, you know what? This is kind of the stuff that movies are made out of because it's, it's like, okay, on one hand, you have the delegation of, of um, Charles Xavier and Magneto and, and um, Apocalypse basically, you know, in front of it, everything and talking while on the other side of it, you know, you have, you basically have Scott and, and Gorgon just taking down the hit squad. Right. You know, on a, on, you know, without everybody unaware, with the exception of, uh, you know, of, um, of the, uh, the mutant population. Uh, on hand so it's like yeah the, the, it kind of played out or at least like it feels like it plays off like a movie but at the same time I could kind of see like you said that there's well there's absolutely a real world component to this but I could also see if by some chance some new uh, new country happens to pop up and makes right. itself into an economic powerhouse such as Krakor uh, has something like this ends up happening Right. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a, a pretty incredible scenario because not only is Krakoa an incredible economic powerhouse, but given the concentration of superpowered beings, it's also a military powerhouse to a very real extent. So uh, it's it's pretty stirring to see the mutants fight back and defend themselves on foreign turf and to see these characters really especially gorgon to see these characters really assert themselves not in some sort of villainous take over the world quest but in something more justifiable more self-defense right you know a traditional x-men uh, style story and to see magneto in there to see apocalypse in uh, apocalypse in there to see Apocalypse basically say, you are not worthy of speaking my other names. You can speak my uh, my supervillain code name. Right. And, uh, you know, and to see Gorgon uh, basically leave witnesses to his destruction. Yeah, he's basically saying, I did this to you. 
essentially. So, which you know, it, I, in a, maybe I can't remember if this actually happened. I don't don't believe they said anything about killing anyone. Matter of fact, yeah, they did. There, there's that whole "don't kill humans" thing that they got exactly going on. Which that's one of the that's one of the uh, things that they swear to when they become citizens of Krakoa. Right, but hurting them real bad, not a problem. But I think somebody's already um somebody's already gone. Somebody's already um went afoul of that. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, right. I mean, ultimately in this issue, we also see uh, uh, something very Star Wars, loss of hands and limbs. Yeah. So. Very much so. But overall, it was a it was a pretty good issue. You know, for, I don't know, if you, maybe if you leave off one side of the, of the coin, some would suggest it's less more and more exposition, not exposition, but more, um, you know, more talky talky, which I know some people more explanation. Yeah. We also get a lit a little bit of of a of a view inside where Charles Xavier is now. He yeah, comes up a little less cultish, which is what we were all sort of concerned with in the pages of Hawkspox, House right. of X, Powers of Ten. But also um his rethinking of his um his stance of uh which we've already kind of seen during Hawksbox or at least him coming to it during uh, to the to the end of Hawksbox anyway and coming into the the Donovan stuff like his new thoughts on his uh his you know his thoughts on coexistence of mutants and, and humans where we kind of right. get a little bit more on that um, right it's an evolving viewpoint it's an evolving dream for Charles Xavier it's nowhere near what we thought it was in the 80s or 70s it's gotten to this point and his dream has evolved and it's interesting to see him describe it expand upon how he views uh mutant and humankind coexisting so i think this is a pretty important issue for people to pick up i thought it was good enough to put up as a potential click of the week I dare say it's a more realistic view as opposed to his his former uh, thoughts on the matter. You know, especially given the climate, well, in this universe, much less in reality. But, you know. But, yeah. Or, you know, therein. But, yeah, I would agree this is definitely a, a potential click of the week. But I was, I was saying earlier, like, if probably half the book was cut off uh, you know, I don't know. I would imagine some folks would wouldn't wouldn't take it as as you know as well, because you know people don't necessarily like books that just talk. Mm. You know, they, there's there must be action in some people's purview and all, at all times, and doesn't necessarily always need to be the case, and definitely doesn't always happen in Hickman books. <laughs> as we have found during his uh, Avengers run and in some cases of Hawksbox. Understood. Um, also, I would add that at this World Economic Forum meeting, Hickman comes up with a dinner menu that it was very interesting to read. And I wonder what Colbert sauce is. Is that real? I did I, not have to I, 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 Actually, I meant to look that up too because I was like, okay, everything on this... L- Everything on this menu seems uh, seems kind of legit, and and I saw that it was like 
Wait, is he talking like Stephen Colbert? What we're we talking about? Could be. I did not bother to look, but definitely. So, seen I, a, a quick research is apparently that is a real sauce. No kidding. Named after the chief minister of King Louis the Fourteenth, uh, the sauce combines meat glaze, butter, wine, shallots, tarragon, and lemon juice. It's nice. served with grilled meats, which they did have, and game. Okay. So. So not so the so the Colbert rapport, the the Colbert is not only a rapport; it is a sauce. It's a sauce. There you go. And the more you know. (laughs) Um, Also, very quickly, the airship that uh, the delegation takes to Switzerland has Star Wars style skid landing gear, not wheels. That's only become that's only become uh, and and I literally just uh, flipped to this and I remember it sticking out to me because and we can move on after this to our next book but given the glut of Star Wars stuff that I have digested and viewed over the last month and a half to two you months can't help but notice yeah exactly you, I can't help but notice that uh, the the different types of landing gear on different types of spacecraft and aircraft in the star Wars universe um, and seeing and seeing them pop up in other forms of media. It's pretty interesting to see. So. I mean, now granted this, that even the, like the, you know, those are not new to one, this world or, or any come to think of it, not to think about it because even the blades of that, um, or, or I should put it's, I should say at the very least in a sci-fi sense, Mm-hmm. You know that whole ship is something that's that's kind of out of you would see in a definitely in a sci-fi movie in some way, shape, or form. Right. But it's definitely more or some video game. But yeah, exactly. I was about to say it's definitely Halo-ish, but it definitely has a real-world analog in the Osprey. Right. So, but uh, but yeah, I just got a kick out of the landing gear because I just you know I've seen <laughs> I, I literally saw an episode of Clone Wars where I believe it was uh, Hera. Han- uh, Doing a a crash landing of a Y wing on skids on the skid. Uh, or no, no uh, rebels. I mean, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. My apologies. Sorry, that's great. You, I, right before the show, I did I did a reverse of that. So <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So it Although, happens. Yeah, it, it had to be Rebels because they were there. It was a uh, spoiler alert for Rebels, folks. It was one of the episodes where they still had uh, command of the carrier. Right, which was early on. Relatively, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow. All right. So that, that being the case, of X Men Four, I think we've we've gotten that one in the books. So it's a good issue. Go oh, check. Much next. Um. Well, since we're already on the X corner, we might as well go to uh, Marauders number five. Sure. Um. I don't know. I I continue to enjoy Marauders. It's it's probably slightly lighter in, in of the I guess of the Xbox uh, so far sure um, Cade is still trying to trying to get Bishop um, <laughs> as uh, as the red Bishop which yeah that's a little on the nose knows um, uh, as he says because she wants somebody you know kind of on her team so he, he's not trying to have it but they're on his mission um to something that actually, I'm trying to remember when that even came up. Um, was it the first issue? What's the I can't remember. 
because the mission they're on came up somewhere else where the the diplomats uh, uh, um, the diplomats husband supposedly gone through the Krakoan gate and disappeared but what we found out in this issue that wasn't necessarily the case oh it was a big fat lie yeah yeah uh, and as a matter of fact, not only was it a lie, but it was a lie to spur on more uh, you know, um, mutant fear mongering. Which, I guess, speaking of mongering, to someone who shows up uh, at the end of the book who knows all about mongering. Sure. Weirdly enough. Um, which, that was a. I'm like, wow, where did you dig that cat from? But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Christian Frost thing, I'm like, okay. I'm like, who? Yeah, wait exactly. A wait a second. Wait a second. Who? I was like, wait, is he another clone of uh, of Emma? No, actually, no. That, I, that is her actual brother. Right. I had and to I do. do I had remember, to that up. And I do remember his name coming up somewhere. Uh, but I don't remember where. Weirdly enough, because it's like, okay, I know, I I know he's a frost for sure. But where do I know him from, and why? Um, but it turns out that none of that really matters in, in this case, but, um, but yeah, that, that is, there's, there's a lot of fun bit of research. Sometimes we end up having to do because, or I should say reminders, you know, cause there are a lot of books and sometimes it's not our corner that we have to do a little bit of research on if that were the case, or we don't even remember. So, right. It, it, because we read so much, it's just slipped, you know, slipped through our memory. So yeah. uh, very quickly, I wanted to touch on a couple of uh, uh, things before we wrap up on the plot of the book. Um, yeah, Christian Frost making an appearance kind of threw me a little bit, although the, the first uh, the cold intro to the book, I guess, has Iceman and uh, <laughs> Christian Frost doing something I always thought would be beneficial for at least the 616 in terms of climate change, I'll leave it at that. Yes. I mean, you know, Iceman being an Omega, Omega level mutant and all, and, you know, can affect some change that uh, sadly. Right. Even if it's world. just temporary, even if it's just a temporary stopgap. Right. Um, there is a, a bit in here about kitty's lack of krakoan language knowledge that i believe was touched on in last week's books uh they yes they solve that that part of it at least with her right. lack of knowledge because basically once you go through the gate you get the uh, the krakoan language uh downloaded into your memory which kate can't do so right. she had to get it um <laughs> she, apparently, she, apparently she tried it herself and she she got so you know learning a new language is hard but uh emma helps her out I mean, I need. I still need the cipher. I know you said that you can sort of remember it, but there's a couple of letters I can kind of pick out once I see them. Yeah. So every, you know, so yeah, there's a couple of them I can kind of pick out, and it's like, and this gets it starts to get a little easier to cipher out stuff. But yeah, right. Um, which I forgot to do this week. Now that I think about it, but hey, you know, we got many miles to go before this language sleeps. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, this, and that whole Kate and 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 Emma Frost kind of buddy buddy thing that's kind of is weird to me. It's <laughs> it's well, interesting. Let me that buddy buddy as far as Emma, because you know, but Emma is not buddies to anyone. But at the same time, she is more civil nowadays with a lot of people, especially Jean. Weirdly enough, but um, but with her and Kate 
you know, and that whole situation with matter of fact, Kate even says like she kind of wonders what would have happened if she had um, if she had joined under uh, under uh, Emma as opposed to the professor, which I'm kind of glad she didn't actually. But that's a, that's a that's a what if waiting to happen. Exactly. So, but yeah, like I said, this this Marauders continues to I enjoy it because it's continuing to be. You know, while still in the the actual realm of things, still kind of light. You know, you got Pyro and and Iceman over there doing their thing. Pyro still being an idiot, but you know, a, a well-meaning idiot. I totally couldn't remember what song uh, he was singing at the first of all, even though I knew the words he was singing. What song? Hold on, now you got me scrolling through. Uh, to which, uh, I, I, and I'm still drawing a blank now, but. Uh, Oh, no, I'm Hold on, at the beginning of the book? Uh, no, I think it's in the middle when they uh, when they're on when they in the uh, when they're in mission. Oh, that Pyro is singing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, for scrolling through to figure out what uh, Roddy Cat is referring to. It's an old '80s song. If you know it, you yeah, know it, it's definitely but, an '80s song. Yeah. Definitely an 80s song. Oh. Uh, I must have scrolled past it because I'm at the introduction of this new, the former, the formerly uh, human child members of the Hellfire Club. They've formed a new group. Oh yeah, that's the part. Yeah, that's the part we didn't uh, we didn't talk about. They are powerless. Yes. Yeah. They're just super rich. Yeah. Because at first I was like, wait, what's Bobby doing there? And then I was like, that's not Bobby, and that's not who uh, who there was. And then I was like, oh, no, it's the old the, the old Hellfire Club, or mm-hmm. the remnants of, I guess you could say. Right, the little kids. I mean, they've been in, they were introduced within the last, like, five or six years, I believe. Right. So, oh, I can't find, I, I remember seeing this uh, this bit about uh, the 80s song. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't seem to, you know. God forbid I have my physical comics this week. I just haven't had a chance to go. I'm probably going to go tomorrow to pick up my physical books um, for this week. But uh, or maybe uh, or are you misremembering it from the last issue? I was about to say maybe I am. I might be because I did read both of them back to back, so that's quite gotcha. possible. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I mean, I only read I only read it very recently as well. Maybe not. Uh, back to back with this, but definitely very recently. So yeah, I think that was that was last issue. So forgive me for that one. But regardless, at the end of this issue, um, uh, a couple of folks come in in the form of hate monger and executioner. Right. It ne- I I needed a little bit of reference, or I needed to do a little bit of research because I couldn't remember what hate monger looked like. Uh, executioner was easy because it's an X book, you know, it's a quick reference. I needed well, to actually figure out who that was. Well, I, I had to go the other way around with it because the executioner I know is from Thor. Oh, right, I got you. So I'm like, okay, who is this chap? But yeah, hate, hate, monger, uh, hate monger. I'm like, okay, I remember this dude. Of course, there would be one still around. Why would there be? Um. <laughs> So yeah, so they'll the so the ex our ex folks will have to deal with them. Um, I think some sans power. Now that I think about it, because because I believe that some of them didn't end up losing power during the course of this uh, issue, temporarily. But anyway, that is Marauders number five. All right. 
Um, pick one if you if you dare. How about we talk about Miles Morales? We <sighs> move yes. into the Spider Corner. Yeah, sure. Why not? Can, Miles, yeah. Morale, Miles, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 14. Let me not uh, completely botch the name of this book because it is important to keep it distinct from uh, the other Spider-Man book. But what's funny well, about this issue... Because, because yes, there is a Spider-Man book that is not... Uh, that is, well, as a miniseries, that is, that is J.J. Abrams. That's well, confusing enough as it is. Right. So one of the things I got a kick kick out of in this issue was the direct follow up to the events of last issue where uh, Miles's baby sister is, I guess she came out with a full head of hair. It Uh, happens, but yeah, that's pretty cool. She's got a spider ham uh, plush doll. She's adorable. Little Billy Morales. Because clearly they're not going with uh, JD's last name, thankfully. But <laughs> right, righto, righto, righto. And one one thing that we get to is a quick follow up on some of the events of the past several issues with Miles having run out of web fluid. So and I just looked first at your... note, first note I wrote down. Go ahead. Right. So I was about to say, so I, I agree with your note because um, I thought the exact same thing when I read that part. I'm like, why does Miles not know how to do it? But at the same time, Gonky's doing it. I get, I realize right. that. But but he he needs to learn. True, but he still needs to be able to get the stuff, which that is part of the problem. Because I remember right. they said that they is ran definitely out of money. part of the problem. Yeah, so because the part of the problem is they ran out of they run out of money to make the stuff, and it's expensive. And I thought about it, also thought of myself it was like, well, wait, why? How is Peter? I know Peter's working at the very well. I know he's not working, but somehow Peter has money. Yay! Mm, he's well. He went back to school. He's he's working for who? He's a teacher assistant for uh, Connors. Is he still doing that? Okay, because yeah. he went because he because he went back to school, so I guess he's doing that in addition to. Okay, I, yeah. that part that wasn't I don't remember that part. Being yeah, still he, the case. he uh, I guess because you're not reading Spider Gwen, he pops up as because she's a student there now as well at ESU. Okay, yeah, I'm not. Oh, so really. he he shows up as a teacher or a teacher's assistant. You know, he's definitely not professor, but I, sure. you know, TAs get paid a little bit, I think. Sure, but well. Yeah, but regardless, I, I, well, and I guess, but see, and the difference is still is, let us assume that he also probably has a easier access to the chemicals he would need in that capacity. Right, right. And obviously, right. And obviously, we all have to remember before we spend too long on this point, we all have to remember <laughs> that there have been several points in Peter Parker's career where he was unable to make his own web fluid because oh, he sure. didn't yeah, have is... access to the requisite ingredients. Although I, my, my point still stands, Miles needs to learn. Oh, no, I'm, I, I'm totally in agreement. Don't rely on Gonky. And he's, <laughs> and he's, you know, he's smart enough to know how to do it. Like, exactly. yeah, that's not his, that is not his purview in the scientific field, but it's still, you know. Right. He needs to learn. It's important. Because, yeah. I, like I said, and, yeah. You know, and I thought the exact same thing when I was like, why does Miles not even know this? That, 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 you know, it, before coming to the religion of everything else involved. Yep. But, so, or at the very least, oh, I'm like, yo, Pete. He's you know. still, I was about to say, he's still young. That's the thing. He's still well, got plenty of time to learn, but he definitely needs to pick that particular skill up soon. Right. So. Right. You know, like, you, 
yeah, know how to fix your web shooters, know how to make more web uh, web fluid, and you know basically be able to fix your tech. What little well, what little tech he has because everything else is biological still. Um, which the whole the running up walls and sneakers thing that's still hiding in the world. Why? How? Anyway, that's a whole different story. Um, huh. To continue this story, he's still after the um, the goblin drug that is that is hitting the streets, and he's got a lead on that finally. And the whole ultimatum thing, who's behind the drugs? Um, so he's finally got a lead on that that hasn't that hasn't been. Uh, exploded or, or gotten rid of before he has a chance to get rid of to it. So now I think he has a sample of the drug um, and he's also catching wind of I guess what is also going on in the other parts of the Spider-Verse in New York specifically with uh, the, the mayor and his um, potential affiliation with the, with the criminal element. Right. It's just a small tie-in to the events of not even the spider corner but definitely the uh new york city corner of the marvel universe so well i say spider corner because you see it more here than in you know in the other books that are you know around oh yeah exactly i guess daredevil counts well yeah that is also yeah Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah as, as you mentioned it's interesting to see it finally come up i guess miles really hasn't had much opportunity to uh interact with uh with the cops in this in in this regard and definitely have a chance to speak to uh some of these agents of ultimatum now so it's uh it's definitely an interesting development for him to learn about um the next thing that we also learn about is uh miles is on thin ice at uh the brooklyn visions academy in terms of his academic and attendance, uh, more specifically, his attendance right. requirements. And, and possibly more ways than one uh, if the end of this book is an indication. Right. Essentially, the journal that he has started keeping as a result of his, I believe it's his English class or, or definitely some, I, one I of his classes. I think it's a writing class of sort because that that his teacher he was talking to is either his writing professor or something i'm not sure i can't remember who that right that was. some sort of some sort of english or or or, 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 or literature class yes and uh as a result of that he has been expressing his uh innermost thoughts on both of his lives yes both his costumed life and his uh civilian life in his journal and uh, Which you had to know was going to come up. Right. Not great was going to come out of that situation. Right. And minor spoilers, minor spoilers. The journal falls into some pretty bad hands. Yes. Not ultimatums, but just as bad. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah. So we will see. I suspect, though, we will probably see it's like, hey, he has the book, but may, may not have looked into it. But then we'll come across later on sometime or down the line. So, no, he actually did look into it. He lied or something. I don't know. Mm. Because I feel like that guy is just right for turning into a, a minor supervillain, or at least a thorn in the side of uh, which he already was for Miles. So, I mean, if we're going to go full Breakfast Club, he's definitely the uh, the detention guy. Oh, or Ferris Bueller, one of two, yeah, exactly. which is probably the more exactly. yeah, the, the more direct reference. Exactly. So, which I'm sure there are people out there watch some films, people. Good gracious. <laughs> Just kind of jerking sodas, but um, but not really. Those those are good films, regardless of how dated they are. Um, 
So yeah, that 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 is pretty much it for for all miles on this one, and we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, next issue with that development on the journal. Which again, the, you could you you could see quote unquote the writing on the wall on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, and for God's sake, Miles learned how to make web fluid. <laughs> At the very least, learn like yeah, I know the chemicals are, are one part of it, but still. Right, access is one thing, but yeah. knowing how to make it is the uh, important part. Which I feel like, see, this would be a time, although it would be slightly, possibly slightly uh, uncharacteristic. Like, like, he's a smart dude, and he, he's pretty much, you know, he's pretty intelligent. Um, chemistry would probably be slightly out of his purview, I believe, because I can't remember what his... What his um, his strength is. Yes, right. what his strength is. But it, it, I think it is maybe a little bit more on the tech side than than not which that doesn't mean that it still couldn't you know a little side of the, the chemical things um but you know that's you know, that's neither here nor there next up um hmm let's do hack our free fall and then we'll um maybe do uh clicks i mean like uh, um rapid fire rapid fire stuff sure Or we could do Star Wars, actually. Oh, you want to do Star Wars? Let's do Star Wars, yeah. Star Wars! Especially with recent events, that is a bigger book. Hey, by the way, folks, uh, if you haven't already heard it, go back um, into the feed one episode. There is a Treasury edition with Agent 70 and myself. Where we go over Star Wars: Rise of the Jet, uh, Rise of the, not that one, Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, we we pretty much chop it all. We get a whole lot of stuff out. I think we we may have actually still missed some stuff that we even talked about before the show. Not of think about, course, but you know, we didn't want to be on for like five hours. That's well, the thing. yeah, there is that. We but, have. Right, and we got into so much conversation about it that you know there are some things that even slid that even stuff we said we were going to talk about beforehand. But regardless, it's a good conversation. It's you should be surprised it's, it's a little lengthy but at least it's a little lengthy on one target as opposed to <laughs> different ones like we normally do right and ultimately uh we got it out in time to be part of the zeitgeist to be part of the conversation sure uh we definitely did not wait two weeks we waited only one so spoilers galore for those of you who are uh uh, looking into viewing and or listening to the our Treasury Edition on Rise of Skywalker, right? Which so you're, sure you're you, you know better not to listen to a something that's that's directly talking about something whether we said spoilers or not, you right? Know. Because listen, we <laughs> are all up to date, uh, except for Roddy not being up to date on Rebels, but I we mean, are all yeah. basically up to date. So yeah, exactly. But more on that a little bit later. Um, so yeah, Star Wars number one. So this is taking place after. So a little before I even get to that, there was a book that we I don't think we got to talk about called Star Wars uh, Ascendant Rising. Oh uh, wait, uh, Empire Ascendant. Empire Ascendant. Uh, that came out two weeks ago, uh, and it is basically. About four, three or four little short stories that that are basically 
unlike incoming, well, just like incoming or basically teasing uh, stuff that is uh, coming ahead, with the exception, I think, one story maybe, but uh, regardless, teasing books that are coming ahead, one of which happens to be this week's Star Wars number one. Um, the uh, one of the others is the, the Star the Darth Vader book that is um, coming back out, and I, uh, I there was some other a couple other things. But regardless, the, the thing we're talking about here is the Star Wars book. Now, granted, that book or that story in that book is um, set before the events of Empire Strikes Back, and it has to do with the building of the uh, the, the base at Hoth. And the two main characters in it are Poe Dameron's parents. And that's pretty much how that goes. If you want to go check that out, go for it. In Star Wars number one, we flash forward a little bit further directly after the events of uh, Empire Strikes Back, where, you know, Luke's got his hand cut off. He he knows Vader's his father. definitely dealing with that very scene at the beginning of this book. Right, and he's dealing with the direct aftermath of that very scene. Right. Uh, So uh, Hans and Kasten Kalvinite on his way to uh, Tatooine to to be given to Jabba. Uh, Lando's with the Resistance now. You know, all all of that. All of that. The dark middle chapter, so you know Lando's trying to say, "Hey, we need to we need to go because we can't catch you know we can't catch Han because he's too far." You can, can, but we know where he's going, so we can deal with that. And you know how that plays out. Um, you know the the you know. Well, there's before you move on, hold on to that thought. Uh, I wanted to mention that Lando actually says, and it took me aback for a second, that. Well, we could have caught Han if we didn't turn back to get this guy. Right. And Leia says, well, this guy is the one that destroyed the first Death Star. And it all, you know, and, and I, could, I can only imagine this conversation actually happening because this was, and, and there's a reason why I just wanted to, to just uh, have you just hold on to your no, thoughts. Because... I feel like this series, more so than the previous Star Wars series, is the series I've probably been looking forward to the most because it seems to fill in a lot of the story gaps that I had always thought about growing up. Mm. What happened? How did we get from the end of Empire to the beginning of Return of the Jedi? To be and, fair, the first one kind of did that, but I get what you're saying. Like the more pertinent stuff to, especially after the revelations of Empire, right? right like, or, or exactly, the exactly. I was not as right. I was not as interested as a kid in how we got from one to two, or, or from four to five. Right. Let's put it that way. So I was not nearly as interested, and I read it and. Uh, bear in mind, I definitely held on to my pull list, my my pull of the the previous version, the previous volume of Star Wars until issue fifty something. Mm. So I definitely stayed on a long time, and I definitely stayed on to see a lot of the developments of the characters that they were introducing. But I think that several people may jump onto this series because this is where I think a lot of uh, questions that come up in Jedi. Um, uh, may or may not be answered or addressed. I how we say, get from A to B? Right. I will. I would say for specifically, you know, a couple. You know what? Of I thought I I legit thought they were going to try to answer that, especially with with the first couple of pages. I thought they were going to try to answer that like right off the bat and like really that's what happened to the hand, but that's not the case. It's just flashing back to what happened to it and seeing the fall. So I'm kind of wondering if they are actually going to answer that. 
I hope I so. Like, I feel like they would kind of have to, but at the same time, they don't. They don't necessarily because that that could have been picked up anywhere. It didn't necessarily mean they could have been picked up after Jedi, or even before Jedi, because then that would. Well, it wouldn't. Anyway, that it it means less in this part. We know somewhere by the time um, Force Awakens comes into play. Oh, you mean talking about the severed hand? Oh, yes. yeah, that's one thing. That's the, another thing. Right. I was more. I was more thinking along the lines of when we get to the beginning of Jedi, Return of the Jedi, that is, uh, you know, uh, how we get to Green Lightsaber. My hope is that we get to see him put it together. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Because um, the only other thing with that was like, well, it's Ben's old saber, and that's not true. Um, which not another thing about it. That's just a question I kind of want to know, and that's just me. Because if you remember, uh, Vader fought uh, Vader fought uh, oh, Ben Kenobi, Obi Wan, and his saber was still there when he cut him down. Correct. So Vader could have taken the saber and who done who knows what with it. So I'm kind of actually kind of curious. Is I doubt if that'll be addressed because that's kind of a you know, unless like say uh, in the last movie you know Ray ended up being a Kenobi or something that may have been addressed there, and he and she ended up with his sword somehow, which never happened, but. You know, I, I that that was a question that I have always had. I'm like, well, what happened to his, his saber? Especially since you know we have like Clone Wars and Rebels, and you know we have seen a little bit more to the character. And I guess that upcoming uh, show that he's gonna have that they're, they're supposedly working on that used to be a movie. But hey, that's that's thing for another another time. And sure. Star Wars number one, though, yeah, like I said, the, the direct actions after Empire, we get. You know, Luke still kind of questioning himself, especially after what's been revealed to him. Um, there's a Empire blockade, uh, 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 blockade that is holding the uh, rebels from getting, you know, from getting to a place. And uh, the, the Falcon just so happens to be in the neighborhood and uh, helps along with that situation. You know. And a certain commander that um, is uh, very career-driven, let's say, <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, right. who um, apparently is not uh, on the same page as Vader, because had she had she uh, completed her mission, probably would have still been in a similar situation that she finds herself in near the end of this book. Um, because of what happens in the book and the rebels actually get away. Spoiler. Yeah, but you can read the book. It's, it's actually a, a lot of um. There's, you know, the, this is definitely the, the book that you want to see that could start to answer uh stuff from Empire. Like we've right. seen a little bit of already. How far they're gonna go with it? We will see. How far they're gonna go? We know they're gonna get to uh, Return of the Jedi at some point. Right. You know, the whether they do a lot of things and kind of they're just going to start off in this arc and then kind of start, um, you know, dealing with other things, uh, you know, and probably go the same way that the, the, the last volume did. Right. And what's cool about this is that there's definitely going to be some new character dynamics explored because Han is frozen in carbonite. So there's going to be some more exploration of Lando's character in this uh, era of the rebellion and seeing all of these characters interact with each other without Han Solo. Ooh, maybe we will get that mission that uh, Lando was talking about with he and Luke went on. 
Possibly. Um, that because that seemed like something that that would have that could happen around this time. And also, um, as I mentioned in the 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 book from a couple of weeks ago, uh, Paul Dameron's parents show up in this issue also as a part of the book. So they're kind of bringing them in just a little bit. Um, so I suspect they may be a little bit more as part of the dynamic than they were because before this and that issue, there was only the miniseries where they were introduced, you know, and at this point, you know, Poe's a little kid. So he is around, but he's just a little kid, a little toddler kid, uh, wherever he is. So we may get to see what happens, uh, what possibly ultimately happens to them during the course of this uh, volume. Right. Which is a good to bad thing because if you think about it, like Poe had his own book, but none of that was ever explored. Um, Because it was just him, you know, growing up, Poe doing this thing, you know, before um, Force Awakens. Uh, So, like I said, just we get a little bit of background, possibly a little bit more into his upbringing, maybe, possibly, if they decide to get into that. Um, maybe he'll get another book and they'll make him a spy for it. I doubt they're going to do that. Don't do that. Um, but regardless, some just some... one last point I wanted to make on this book the art by Jesus Saiz is wonderful. Uh, the coloring by I want to, I'm, I'm just scrolling to the creative team on this issue. Charles Soule does a bang up job setting up. Uh, a couple of storylines in this book by you know just just in this book alone yes so um he's he, he's definitely um hitting on 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 all cylinders with regards to setting up the next arc or or several arcs in this book um but jesus saiz and colorists and oh actually he does some of the color on this book the other colorist is arif prianto and they both do a great job of giving it a very photorealistic uh, look and feel without it being too stiff looking. It definitely has uh, a comic book sensibility. It still has a good amount of action and flow to it without it being too static. There are several artists I can think of that make their art too static looking because they're uh, trying to achieve photorealism and it doesn't work. Okay. Sure. In this in this book, especially um, following in the footsteps of several of the artists that have done Star Wars stuff, including uh, Sal LaRocca um, on the uh, original uh, run of Star Wars and John Cassidy. Right. They've and... all done very good jobs of capturing likenesses without their art looking too stiff. And Phil Noto on his uh, various books. Correct. Um. Which, wait, is Noto on the Darth Vader book? I can't remember. I know he's doing... He does it. He is in line on one of these projects. I can't remember. It, regardless. regardless. Um, so, yeah. So, this is Star Wars number one. Uh, Darth Vader number one is a, another book that is coming along. And apparently there's a new volume of uh, uh, Dr. Afra, which I still haven't finished the last volume um, of. And there's also a, a story from in that the, the book from a couple of weeks ago about that too so look out folks another line of star wars books ready in the wings right uh so now i guess we can unless you got another book you want to throw out there we're going to no rapid fire ready mm-hmm. we were going to do hawkeye freefall um but i think we are 
dragging on a bit, so we're going to uh, try to rapid fire through that. I thought that this was a quirky start to this limited series, and the mystery of who is running around in the Ronin costume now is worth revisiting next issue. So yeah, so the, the, just for, uh, a couple of brief stories. So yeah, so Hawkeye basically runs into the, the hood. He thinks he's gonna take him down a peg, and the, the hood kind of gives him a little lesson about, you know, how things, I guess, how things really are. And then this new Ronan comes into the 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 position. And apparently, one Hawkeye is dating a night nurse, and not neither one of the ones that you know more about than this one, the Wonder Woman one. For those of a certain vintage, um, which that is a whole weird, strange story right there, I, I would imagine. But also gets visited by um, a Disney Plus series in the Falcon and Winter Soldier of all people. Like you, you would almost seem like they just kind of planned it out because this is coming. So because this new running, running is running around, and for some strange reason, those are the two people that are investigating it. Uh, trying to figure out if it's if it's Clint or not, and then they all three get their behinds handed to him by said new Ronan. Um, God forbid they work together. <laughs> exactly, you know, which is is also kind of weird because um, in the Tales of a Suspense uh, miniseries from a couple of years ago, Clint and um, and, and and Bucky did work together, sort of. Kind of, sort of, sort of, kind of. I think that sort of that was more of a buddy cop situation, though, uh, which I still would want to see as a as a movie situation. I don't know about with this with the the MCU version of actually maybe with the MCU version of um of Bucky. I would just say that the sort of kind of bit I think is developing in this issue, and it's will probably we will probably see more of it in upcoming issues. I don't know how many issues this series is. Five or six? I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it is five. In any event, I think that's plenty of time to see this story play out. So I I uh, doubt if they're going to be there that much longer, though. Well, they're definitely going to be part of the next issue. Uh, um, We'll see how long they stay part of the series. So anyway, yeah. All right, next up... um, for me, uh, Daredevil number 16, uh, Matt Murdock is still out of the costume, but it may not be for much longer. Um, Electra has brought him back from the edge. We also get more uh, more interaction between the uh, we get the latest interaction between Daredevil and uh, Mayor, still Mayor Wilson Fisk. And uh, our hope is that Murdock gets into the suit eventually soon. Because it's taking a while. <laughs> uh, next up, I have uh, Philadelphia number two. This is an image book um, about uh, vampires in Philadelphia. Uh, it's by Rodney Barnes, um, who is writing the book, and Jason Sean Alexander and Louis NCT Luis NCT on art. Um, I would just say that fans of the Broadway hip-hop musical Hamilton will chuckle when we find out what became of John Adams. I'll leave it at that. You know, John Adams did not exactly have the best reputation when he was elected the second president of the United States. Next up, uh, Tarot. What's the crickets for? Some of us still haven't seen uh, Hamilton, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, 
I I I forget that uh, the touring companies only get, make it to to uh, certain cities around the country. Right. But if you have, good for you. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, I totally remember. I totally remember our conversation <laughs> when when I went to see it. So. Mm. Um, Anyway, next up, uh, let's see, Tarot number one. I believe we both read this. We have, yes. Uh, I thought it was a fun story that puts the Avengers and Defenders pretty much their most classic lineups together with Diablo as a villain. Which is weird because I was at first going into this, I was thinking, well, they had to set up to where it's like, okay, this, well, maybe it's just more me thinking about it, but it feels like it felt like this is going to be both teams now, which granted both teams are not necessarily the same as what they were back then, but apparently this is set, seems to be set in a path where they both would have come in contact with each other. So it is a new story, but it's old. It's, it's an old setting. Definitely not having to deal with too much of the continuity. Right. But also deals with very classic lineups, which is pretty fun for some older readers, I think. Right. And um, I guess some would say a classic uh, villain. I don't know how super Diablo. Well, Diablo has never been that super, but I mean, come on, he's he's held. He's definitely. Yeah, he's definitely been a classic villain. He has uh, plagued both the Avengers, but mostly, I believe, the The Fantastic Four. Yeah. So next up. Uh, next for me is Thor number one. This is a potential click of the week. Uh, this new number one has an offbeat start because it falls right on the heels of what Jason Aaron has done with his epic seven-year run on Thor. But it is very Donny Cates cosmic storytelling. And it's actually going to get me to come back for issue number two. I feel so, like you were going to do that anyway because it's Thor, but you know, not necessarily. Sometimes you have to get uh, sold on the you have to get sold on the premise. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I I've... sometimes the art would also get me to not not follow up too. Uh, I'm still kind of on the fence with Nick Klein. Hmm. Um, I, maybe I just got spoiled by the clean work that uh, Esad Rebic uh, did, you know, with that kind of painted look. And um, Russell Dowderman's very clean work as well on Thor. Sure. So, you know, um, Nick Klein's style is a little bit on the rougher side, but I'm willing to give it uh, a, a, at least a, a bit of a longer leash than I might normally. Sure. The, um, so I've, I've read that King Thor number four uh, from, from last week, finally, because I was going to actually read this, uh, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, that's That was an interesting end. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. I was like, huh? But that stuff in the middle kind of threw me. It was like, okay, I know they're setting up, you know, mm-hmm. th- like there's a, a there's a, a setup going on there. But at the same time, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, pretty- but it was a good read. If you ever get a chance to check it out, anyway. Pretty awesome. And last but not least for me is Action Comics number 1018. Uh, I'm a little confused at this issue simply because uh, there was some news today that Justice League number 39 has been delayed for a few weeks. It was supposed to come out, I believe, in two weeks. It won't come out until maybe the end of the month, if that. So what was that? I said, oh, weird. Yeah, so I mean, it literally just the the news literally dropped while I was reading books this evening, um, so I'm not sure where this particular story falls in the aftermath of Snyder's Justice League finale. Um, Leviathan rears his head in this book, 
and a potential new character emerges in this issue. And that's it for me. Alrighty. Um, so I was typing in or copying in the rest of mine. But it's okay. Uh, we start off with Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda number five, where we found out um, we basically found out why um, why the Black Panther chose this particular group of folks as eclectic as they are to be in this group, um, and which satisfies Okoye, but uh, when it comes to uh, but when it comes to the question of letting her handle things uh, as she suggests that he shouldn't be around, because you know, well, he should she. If he wanted her to be the director of this group, he should let her handle things as opposed to him going on the missions, uh, mm-hmm. which up until the mission starts and who the mission is entails seems to sate Okoye until that happens because we're going to find out that there was one Wade Wilson Deadpool who finds a secret um, shield installation that is previously unknown, go figure. Um that uh, that he was filming YouTube style, of course, you know, and fourth wall breaking as he classically does in in the course of this of this book. Also, it is not necessarily Black Panther versus Deadpool number two, because there was that miniseries from last year that that uh, that did happen, and there is some reference to that in this book. I think I read some of it, but I didn't finish because you know for whatever other reason. Um, and that is the reason why t- basically T'Challa t- is on this mission, which, like I said, doesn't really please Okoye because, you know, he just got through saying, finished saying, hey, yeah, you're the director, you should, you should be able to handle stuff, but then he's just like, oh, we gotta go through this. So they take care of that, and this, there's this new players that they end up finding when they get there after trying to subdue um, Deadpool, and apparently from this, there is a new uh, miniseries that is looks to be out on Marvel Unlimited right now that is starring these um, these mechanized folks that show up in this book that they're fighting against. So and I think the whole I haven't had the chance to check, but it says at the back of the book that, hey, check out uh, Marvel Unlimited for the 60, 60 series issue with these grant people we don't know anything about. I'm they, thinking because if you look at them, they look kind of animation inspired. They are pre-existing characters. That's what I, I thought. To, yeah, I was listening to the Marvel Pull List podcast earlier this week, and my understanding is that they're called Livewire. Correct. And they are a pre-existing group of characters that are from the mid two thousands, when Adam Warren was working on uh, on on Marvel books. You know, he is an artist who famously has a very heavy manga influence. That explains a lot. Okay. He worked on this group of characters, and now they have been, probably due to copyright issues, they have been brought back to the forefront. <laughs> sure. Or at the very least, into use. So they exactly. Could, so they could keep said uh, copyright. So, yeah. So there is that. And that, that, um, so this is a two parter that, basically starts that off and says hey that's out there if you're if you're part of marvel unlimited which you're not that's not really doing this doing them any good for that um 
but yeah, it those are things I thought. Like I said, I tried to check earlier, but it's weird trying to get into Marvel Unlimited nowadays. I don't know why it's hard to sign in, but supposedly it's out there. You can go check that out. And this is basically a part one of two where you know where they're dealing with this. And being that it's a, a secret shield installation, someone shows up in one way, shape, or form. You can pretty much guess who's that's going to be, especially when I said mechanized folks. Mm-hmm. So know that. Um, next up, Doctor Doom number four. So, Doctor Doom number four, you know, um, apparently a Fortunov who is not Dominique, uh, is apparently heir, heir to, um, heir to the throne of, of, uh, Latveria. I almost said Wakanda for a second, but Latveria. Uh, and I had to look up this person, who this person was, because I thought, wait, this is somebody's kin to Dominique Fortune? No. But there is, nope. has, but has the same set, has name, and there is a lineage that does uh, apparently um, has something to do with the 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 the, the former lineage, the former uh, line of uh, Latvian monarchy. So that comes into play. Uh, Doom basically storms a building, uh, undoom like trying to trying to get to the Taskmaster to see who, you know, who set him up, uh, and he starts to find out things on that end. And on the other side of the token, we see um, Victorious at the border of uh, Latveria trying to hold things down there against Simcaria, which, you know, we've heard that name in various other places, it's notably the, the Spider-Verse um, or Spider-Side of the Corner. And also Sebo Sebo basically comes into play on this because they are now with uh, she and Victorious are now on the hunt looking for doom as are uh, everybody else seemingly in the book for reasons. So, um, so all of that is going on and this is the fourth issue, the book of, I believe six issues. I can't, I don't remember how many, um, how many issues left in this book. Um, actually that might not be the case. This might be, um, this might not be an ongoing, might be a, uh, like a 12 issue or something. Regardless, th- that still thing goes on and on. And yes, this is one of the two books that, that uh, Dr. Doom has been shot in. Other ones has, has already been taken care of. We talked about that with the 2099 stuff. Right. Um, I, see. I, I, I was under the impression that this is a longer miniseries. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I had to retract what I said earlier. Huh. Yes, I think this might be a 12 or, you know, longer. Because uh, I'm fairly certain it doesn't necessarily say... You know, I want to say it's a twelve. Yeah, I'm believing that's the case. Because um, there's which no way in the not, world, right, which is not, um, which is definitely out of the ordinary nowadays. Although, <sighs> you know, thinking back, I was about to say, thinking back on, 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 on our own personal comic book histories, you know, we've seen uh, time and again that there are certain stories that are given twelve issues. Right. Uh, some of them are given six. So we'll see. Yeah, I feel like six might be the new twelve with certain stuff, which in certain cases works well, and the other cases last way too long and takes two years to come out. Um, <coughs> Doomsday Clock. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, last book I have because I believe we have talked about everything else. Web of Black Widow number five, which is the last issue of this book, and it basically wraps up the whole. Hey, there's another widow. Uh, floating around with uh, Natasha's face, uh, and it is indeed another uh, remnant of the Red Room who's behind it. And uh, I feel like this, for whatever good they're going to do, 
with the movie, it felt like some of this will probably play out there. And whether that was, you know, that's by design or just coincidentally, especially given the, the last Black Widow trailer we've gotten, some of it seems to kind of feel like it would play out there. But regardless, I doubt some of the people that will show up here, that have shown up here, will probably be in that because, you know, or depending on the time frame, I should say anyway. Because during the course of the series, we had a, a bunch of people show up like um, uh, Bucky, uh, Clint. Uh, Iron Man, Captain America they've all shown up and they all came back for this issue because apparently as I say in my notes uh, uh, Natasha has Batman like thinking uh, or or preemptive thinking skills because apparently she knew a lot of this was going on and she had you know set a whole bunch of things in motion to get to the point to where she uh, she finally figures out who's behind the other face that she's been facing mm-hmm. and kind of knew it. And that's been dealt with at the end of this issue. And even the, um, the part with her missing memories, that was a thing that was in here, uh, from her, her, uh, being reattached to her body or I guess her, her memories, almost X-Men like, uh, being cloned and, and come back into the new body type situation. But, uh, those missing memories also have, uh, been dealt with at the end of this so yeah a lot of that like i said feel like could become could um definitely be explored in a movie if if uh if no other place but we'll see about that if that happens all right uh but yeah, overall, it's, it's a, not bad like, the book it was now pretty, and well, i was about to say it's a pretty nice and neat wrap up to the story but it was only five issues so there's only so much you could do so but it was a pretty good story i thought sure i was just gonna say uh, you know i'm flipping through the book now and the art is still a little on the rough side yeah. but you can, uh, which definitely that. turned me off to this book uh, mm-hmm. early on, but uh, I hope that uh, when I finally sit down and read this, that the story pays off. So, I feel like it could. Like I said, it's not really that much to it. Like I, said, there, I feel like there's stuff in here that they could explore um, in, in a movie sense. And I said, story wise, it's not bad, but it, there probably could have been more done. You know, if, if we're going to give a little bit more to it, but yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Like they don't really give. They're not going to give, well, I shouldn't say that they have given her an ongoing before, but even those books didn't last that long. Like, I think the most she's probably lasted was like 12, if that, 11 or 12 in a, in a series. Mm-hmm. So, and that was fairly, I guess, relatively recently. So they've, all she has gotten, which at the back of the book, uh, they do kind of say, hey, this is the end of this story, but you can go back and you know, read some of these other ones uh, from, um, Including that tales of suspense that I was uh, talking about earlier, with uh, the that um, maybe a slightly more direct tie to this than not. So, but if you're a fan, check it out. And that, folks, that is it uh, for our books of the week. Now we're going to get into the clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. And we already have one from one Tim Dog ninety eight in the form of Hawkeye Freefall. Surprising, but it was an entertaining issue. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Like it's, I'm not gonna say it here and say it like it has the weight of Fractions Run, but it's also the first issue, and but it was also kind of fun in that same way. So far, um, that 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 series kind of had. So we'll see where it goes. What? One of the things that Fraction had on his run was Aja doing some phenomenal work. There was also that. Yes. With, 
especially with regards to pacing and storytelling within several panels, much like Mitch Gerard was doing on Mr. Miracle with the nine panel layout. Aja was definitely having some fun with storytelling on that original Hawkeye uh, series with a fraction. Yeah, he's not getting at that here. But I mean, the art's not terrible. Um, But yeah, I think they're, I think I almost dare want to say the art kind of fits what seems to be the story so far. But yeah, yeah. Who can say? Um, I was about to say, we're turning turning Roddy Cat into much more of a critical critical eye for artists and storytelling over the course of this podcast. Hey, storytelling, you got, I'm already there. It's, yeah, the art, oh, but, I'm, I'm but the art and storytelling. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on that. Right. Art and storytelling, more, more so than just like pretty pictures. Um, you know, because there's definitely uh, artists out there who have uh, strengths on both sides of that coin. Oh, rest assured, if the art was a distraction, I would definitely let you know. Sure. Um... But as far as clicks, I'm torn. I have a few candidates. Mm-hmm. I definitely loved the first uh, Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty impressed by, and as I mentioned, I'm pretty impressed by uh, Soul's setup for the first couple of storylines. And as I mentioned earlier, this is the era of Star Wars that I think I am looking most forward to being filled in, like the gap that I'm looking most forward to being filled in. I'm sure that there were several uh, extended universe novels that covered this, this territory, but this is still very fresh for me. What's that? I said, it's not, that's not canon anymore. So exactly. But my point is, you know, a lot of people probably had that itch scratched when it came to uh, getting some of these stories in between empire and return of the Jedi. Sure. I have, had that yet so i'm definitely looking forward to it i'm also a big fan of this week's thor number one because i i I got a kick out of the new direction that uh donny cates wants to take the book in and x-men number four was a pretty good read because of the very uh the, the the analog to several real world issues that come up uh in this book and and to see hickman weave uh, the Krakoans into uh, the current state of, uh, or at least evolve the current state of um, uh, the world and adapt it to uh, what uh, what it would be like if a Krakoa actually existed. It's pretty cool. Right. I wish I had read, I had gotten around to, I should have read that first, but that's that's my dumbness. Uh, I should have read uh, Lois Lane, number seven, which also came out this week. Um, and I've been loving that book. Ruck has been doing uh, a pretty great job, especially if you like his run on uh, GCPD or Gotham Central, rather. Excuse me, but um, I haven't had a chance to read this one this week to 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 see what's in there. Right. Um, do you have yours, or I'm still thinking. Uh, I just wanted to throw out my three because they're pretty strong candidates. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and I feel like in honor of Alex Trebek, I'm just gonna play just a snippet. So, you know, I liked uh, Marauders this week also, but that's maybe because I read four and five at the same time. So, right, that's that may be, as we found out earlier, clearly blurred my perception. Um, hmm. 
I was about to say, I don't think I caught up to, I don't think I caught up on Marauders number four until maybe uh, just before the New Year's holiday. You know, I might have caught up on it between Christmas and New Year's. So that's why it still seemed very fresh to me as well. Sure. Um, you know, over the weekend, likely. So, yeah. But um, I'm going to help give you some more time if you need it. I feel like I'm going to go ahead and just give it to, and I, I don't know, it feels kind of weak, but but it was a good read, so it's not with without its merits. I've, um, I don't know. I'm going to definitely go back and reread it, uh, and that is Star Wars number one. I'm leaning towards it. I am. I mean, as, as a fan of Star Wars also, and not just because of the movies, but... So, mm, and not that's not necessarily that you just have to be a fan. So there's that whole meme going around that why you're thinking about yours, uh, um, uh, people. Because there was a there was a not even what a meme, but it was some stupid person talking about, hey, you're not a fan of uh, Star Wars if you just seen the movies. Which was that BS. a real tweet? Huh? Was that a real tweet? That I think that was a real. T- well, there was a real tweet in that somebody tweeted it. Now, whether it was a troll real tweet or just a real tweet from somebody honestly saying that, I don't know. Right. I feel like it. I kind of feel like it was a troll tweet because there's been a lot of those lately. But at right. the same time, it's gotten reaction to it. Just the same. Sure. I saw. Um, I, I'm familiar with the tweet that you mentioned. So, I saw the. I saw the meme, and, uh, I you know I, I was I, I wasn't all that surprised to be honest. No. I'm not. Oh. And plus, given, you know, especially since since Rise of Skywalker just just came out not too long ago, it's not surprising that some fool would would come out their mouth like that one way or the other. But, you know, folks, hey, look, if you are you're a fan of something, if you have come across something that you like it, don't, no matter how you came across it, if you like something, if you if, even if you just it's like, hey, I just saw a new hope. That's it. You're a Star Wars fan. You're a Star Wars fan of that movie, mostly, but you're definitely a fan of Star Wars. You don't have to go through the extra mile of, well, I read the books and I played the, the role-playing game and I did this, the whole EU and watched every uh, every TV show. That doesn't make you a real fan of anything. That- right, it just makes you more educated. It makes you more... Uh, it, it, it broadens your perspective on, on, on a lot of it, but if all you do is like the movies... You like the movies, you're a fan. Exactly. So, so don't so don't let anybody steal your joy on that. On that, you know. Right. Uh, um, I think, think about. Well, that's a whole other situation. Right. Never mind. So we want to get into that because it was like there are people who just like X Y Z because of X Y person. That's sure. Whole situation thing, but it still stands. Everything we just said still stands. Right. I think I'm. On, I'm I think I'm going to go with Star Wars number one as well. And 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 for the reasons that I stated in that I'm actually looking forward to this volume of the Star Wars comic book, knowing that it's going to be filling in some of the the, the story and will be canon, at least for, you know, at least for the, the foreseeable future. I feel like will be canon, period, because I don't think that's, it's going to. Like I said, foreseeable future. You know? yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to change it. And I also I'm happy because especially with all this other Star Wars goodies that you're getting that you're now uh, exposing yourself to, which you have before, but still. Right. Or re-exposing myself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so this is this is. But like I said, this is the era that I think I probably had as a fan the most questions about. So I'm definitely looking forward to reading this series. All right. So um, PCN underscore Dirt didn't give us a click, but he said that he is still catching up. Yeah. Probably post-holiday. So um, that's okay. So we will move on to our first ad read of the night. 
um, before we move on to our news segment. So our first ad read of the night is for Funko. Fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise uh, such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. Now, the first sight reminds me of a, of an old fat boy song, but I won't. I will spare everyone uh, that uh, bit of thing. Instead, mm. we will go into the cinematic news. News. And as we kill this autoplaying uh, video that shows up, we will start it off with the Hobbit fan made. Wait, um, a Hobbit. Um, a fan of The Hobbit made an epic supercut of the trilogy into one... That was a weird article title. Into one long movie. So basically some dude, some some person, not even, you know, we don't know dude, do that, whatever, um, condensed all three of the movies... Wait, excuse me, all four of the movies, if I'm not mistaken, into one uh, long movie, which, hey, all of those movies separately <laughs> are long enough as it is. Oh, wait, or is it? Let me see. Let me make sure I got that right. Uh, title card simply reads The Hobbit with no inclusion of any of the three subtitles for any of the movies. Uh, oh, so okay, so it is not all of the movie, it is the Hobbit movies. So it's not uh, the first three Lord of the Rings movies, it's the Hobbit movies, which I actually still have not seen. Um, so they basically took, I guess, the prequel trilogy, <laughs> yeah, right, and and made them into one long movie. Because I believe I want to say somebody did that with the the uh, I guess we can call it the original trilogy at this point, huh? The the Lord of the Rings original trilogy. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I know, right? Just weird. Just, we are living in some weird times. Uh, but apparently, let me see. Th- this edit is let's see, compared to the entire theatrical versions of the films, though, the trilogy runs seven hours and 54 minutes, meaning the editor cut out over two hours and 45 minutes or roughly the entire runtime of The Hobbit, The Dissolution of Smog. So, I totally forgot there was a third Hobbit. Wait, I thought it was only two of those. Am I tripping? No, it's three. Okay, well, then I totally blanked out because I only know about two. The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, and whatever the third one was. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, what is the third one then? I don't remember. Regardless, I still haven't seen any any of those those ones. So, yeah, but you know what? There's a fan edit right here. Battle of Five Armies. Five Armies? Okay. Um, Yeah, they did say that here, but it was like, I thought that was from the, the original trilogy. 
that's just stuff. It's stuff that I caught, I think, on cable. So that's probably why I don't remember it very well. Sure. So regardless, that's out there. If you have read, if you have watched, well, hell, if you read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings stuff, but that's actually The Hobbit was only one book. They made it into three. Go figure. Mm -hmm. That's and then they made three movies into, I mean, three books into three other movies, which could have been more than that. Not I remember, but thankfully not. Anyway, there's a fan edit. You can go check it out if you are so inclined. Next up. Next up, in good news for fans of The Mandalorian, mm -hmm. The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda will return for a second season in the fall of 2020, confirmed by Jon Favreau. Yeah, good news. Yeah, like right after the last episode of The, um, of the Mandalorian dropped, we come to find out this news uh, later that uh, later that morning, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. or that afternoon. Um, and some news I actually didn't pull, but I wanted to mention here. Apparently, um, there are people who dropped Disney Plus after the Mandalorian uh, ended. Really? Yeah, like a bunch. That's crazy. It's kind of funny because it was like because I saw a couple of tweets on that, and then I, um, and then like a day later or so, I saw you know on you know uh, sites picked it up or picked up. The fact that that was happening, so apparently, yeah. So people I mean, just picked it up for for. I mean, to be, I actually there's a lot of content on Disney Plus, but if you're going there for a couple of singular reasons, you probably already blew through all of that. Well, what I was gonna say is, it's I've had a very strange experience with talking to people about Disney Plus and whether or not they're going to get it if they don't already have it. Right. So. You know, there's several, you know, people have several different reasons, but the first thing I have not yet, the, the one thing I have not yet heard is someone dropping it because they finished watching The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if Disney may have mistimed, and I did read an article about this, mistimed the release of The Mandalorian. They should have waited maybe until after Rise of Skywalker to release it, but they also wanted to have people sign up for the, sh for the service. So I, I don't know what good that would have that have done because it's not like they would have had any more content to go along. I'll try to that. maybe capitalize on maybe capitalize on uh, Rise of Skywalker as well as um, have less of a gap in between um, this round of new content and the next round of new content, which is going to come, I guess, with the next Marvel shows. Right. But so, if they're not coming, that's there the only reason why. Shows. That's the only reason why I even gave this particular thought piece any sort of credence. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I can see it, but at the same time, like, yeah, I don't think it would have made that big of a difference on that front. Because like, you know, mm -hmm. whether before, the, whether before uh, the movie or after the movie, they probably would have still wouldn't have been there that long after this, unless unless they said, hey, this ends, and then a couple of months later, then the next one comes in, then sure, maybe, I don't know. Who even knows? Um, but moving right along, oh, Jesus, stop it. Uh, I hate this site. Uh, the Mandalorian brings back a toy abandoned from the original movie, which I know this thing from Rebels. Um, so basically, that if you've been watching uh, the Mandalorian and you see that one, uh, tr um, that trooper transport that shows up, uh, that was a toy that apparently did not make the original film. Mm. Um, that has shown up in other places. I believe it also shown up in Clone Wars too, maybe, but I know I have definitely seen it in Rebels. 
Right. It was in wasn't that in the episode where they're trying to get Sabine's dad out of uh Probably, but it definitely shows up early on in, in season one where some people got captured. They they use it to basically um train. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, right. they got captured or they captured and then um they had to rescue him. So yeah, that it has shown up a couple of different times in Rebels mm-hmm. that I know of. Um yeah, so it says it says uh from a number of episodes in Star Wars Rebel to even that Fall, Jedi Fallen Order um, video game that is out also. So, but this is the first live action version of that said transport, which means the toy is probably going to come back out at some point soon. So, next okay. up, next up, um, for people who have not yet watched <laughs> The Mandalorian. The last episode of the first season, uh, episode eight of the first season. Um, with the exception of one is, part, I hate it. I, I I love this part of it, with the exception of the one thing that everybody's got. Right, of course, everyone's going to complain over. about. But the one aspect of this uh, kind of cold open that uh, we saw that does not have to do with Baby Yoda, with Baby Yoda per se, um, has to do with uh, the awful aim that stormtroopers possess. <laughs> no matter what kind of gun they have, no matter what kind of um, range they're at, no so, matter what kind of time they're like that was taken. They like that still was, can't shoot anything. I they can't like that barely was, shoot the broadside of a barn. Well, yeah, I feel like this was taken a little bit to the stream. It was funny as all get out, but I right. felt like it was it was taken to the stream. In fact, this article. I don't know if this, this article, I feel like they listened to us or something, because I know I have I have mentioned something when this came up previously about plot armor, and I don't believe that this would be, but yeah, some somebody decided to decide to, probably has no bearing on that, We you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that we, we run comic books, we do, but um, you know, someone decided to explain what plot armor is as if folks did not know, which some people don't know, so who, you know. I still don't believe it justifies what calling what this is is. <laughs> Nevertheless, it was funny as all get out, and that whole thing with the, the two troopers uh, talking to each other in general was actually pretty good. Sure. Apparently, one of those troopers and the the um, the abuser in question was J- Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure who the other guy was. Who, if he's of note, I should say. Um, like he does have a name, but I just can't remember right off the bat. But the exchange in between them just reminded me, for some strange reason, which has nothing to do with it, of troops. If you remember the old YouTube um, video troops, I feel like I have linked it before, and I don't think I know I don't have it in in this particular uh, show notes. Uh, but if you watch troops on YouTube. It's basically the cops version of uh, you know the Star Wars version of cops, and it's an old video, but it's it's pretty good, um, despite you know what it's about uh and obviously a parody but yeah them two talking just kind of reminded me of that and it was i i enjoyed that part of it you know the as you said the cold open is pretty good and the whole aim thing looks like okay that's it's funny but at the same time like okay they they just <laughs> they they went a little far with it like, like we that was it felt a little exaggerated which by the way in the in the uh show notes um that should be with uh, under the video and or um, on the page that you may have found this on, there is an article um, that someone from the same site basically said, hey, is it the stormtroopers are really bad aim or is it the weapons? Because I do remember and I remember even saying this, that um, their lack of aim was blamed on a particular issue of rifle that came out that was defective. 
Like, I remember this from way, way back, and that was one justification of why the Stormtroopers couldn't shoot for, for nothing. Right. So, you can go check that out if, you so, if you're so clues. We're going to move on. Um, and the Cassian Andor character breakdowns point to a point of origin story as according to this report so Cassie Nando is going to get a um a Disney Plus show I believe this was, I'm fairly certain this was one of the first shows that was um slated to to be I mean outside of the Mandalor- Mandalorian but it was the first one that they talked about um coming to Disney Plus but it's also the one that still hasn't been done yet and apparently, um, according to this character breakdown, um, there's one for two children. And I believe, I don't know if this article goes into it. Is this the one that says that maybe, no, this might not be it. Um, I felt like there was also another possible casting for a young Princess Leia, but I'm not sure if it's in this or not, or it may be in another, uh, article in this, but regardless, um, there's character breakdowns for, for, for two children that probably will be associated with Cassian and possibly, you know, uh, going into his uh, origin previous to Rogue One. So we'll see how that plays out if this is the, if that is the case. All right. Next. Uh, next up, we've got some news uh, released about the Star Wars TV shows that are coming to Disney Plus. Um in the coming year or two, um, we uh, have, as previously mentioned, the Clone Wars Season 7, which is going to be released on or about February 2020. We'll see what part of the, mo- the month that is. Um, the Cassian Andor um, series, which Veronica was just mentioning, coming out sometime in 2020 or 2021. And the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which is which is sort of to be determined still, but it's not going to be that far away. Right. Just in the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there was a teaser trailer that was out there that had... Um, well, the bits of this story that, that Agent 70 was just talking about, also uh, along with some other Disney Plus uh, stuff, but this article was more Star Wars-centered, which we get into uh, some of the said bits in the next article, in that the Clone Wars Season 7 release month, that, like Agent 70 just said, uh, confirmed uh, plot and possible spoilers, so I won't go through too much of it, but like I said, from... Uh, like what Agent 70 said and from this teaser, like we get little bits and pieces of, um, well, we definitely got when it comes out, which is February, like I said, and we also get little pieces of um, what could be potentially um, happening. I heard shades of Siege of, of Mandalore being talked about. I will say definitely. that much. Which I thought they had already done in um, uh, well, I know they've talked about it in obviously they've talked about it in Mandalore and I felt like they may have talked about it in Rebels. Uh, but I felt like Clone Wars may have done something uh, about that before. I could be wrong. Regardless, guess what, folks? We're going to get it now. So that ought to be cool to see. Uh, and according to what that what picture, if you're watching the video, says there may be possibly, or according to this, um, Darth Maul and Ahsoka will battle. So interesting. Yeah. 
Darth Maul, the one who they've never killed, apparently. <laughs> well, they have. No, they have, but it keeps coming back, so they didn't kill him. Oh, <laughs> Rebels. Well, yeah, they did then. What hell? Who knows? He probably, <laughs> probably shows up in Resistance for uh, we wouldn't know. But um, I was about to say, at least you got to that part of Rebels. I'm going to keep. Oh yeah, the, no, no, no. That's yeah, you, you're all right about finishes. that. Until he finishes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't like to all right. Well, you got back. the next story, which is kind of related to the previous story. Um. Not well. Sure. It's uh, Rise of Skywalker, Easter eggs, and references. Actually, no, wait. No, you do. Oh, you do. You already finished the season seven, the release. Yeah, month I did that one. That's the one I just oh, did. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um. So the next story is Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, Easter eggs, and references you may have missed. Oh goodness, what the heck did we miss? So I believe so, I had this. I feel like I uh, I had this in the lineup on the Treasure Edition. We didn't necessarily right, I go. Think we went. We ran through some of them. Right. So, yeah, in fact, we did. In fact, I think we did run through a bunch. Oh of yeah, these. we did the 1977, the 42 years. Yeah, right. But if you, but this is basically another call and say, hey, if you didn't watch the treasure, listen or watch it, listen to the treasure edition. Hey, go for it, do so because some of this gets brought up. Definitely. All right, actually, all of this gets brought up. Now that I think about it. Um, yeah, Akbar's son. <laughs> Star Wars fan predicted the big Palpatine twist in The Rise of Skywalker years ago. So I believe I also mentioned this in the Treasure Edition in that two years ago, some there was a YouTube video basically uh, making the prediction that Ray was... Uh, hey, spoiler alert. Um, Ray's parentage, uh, just in case you hadn't seen the movie or watched or listened to the um, thing. I will spare right. you that. So, but yeah, so there was a theory about Ray's parentage, and I guess it's a kind of a spoiler if you're watching this video. <laughs> anyway, so that's the thing, and some fan knew about it, well, uh, at least thought about it two years ago. So, right. good on them. I still haven't watched that video, but it's still out there. Next up. Uh, Lucasfilm, the Lucasfilm story group chops arms off a 20-year-old Star Wars fan theory. Okay, what is this theory? Um, so basically, the TLDR is that um, um, uh, uh, Palpatine made Anakin. Oh, right. Which, it's not true. Oh, it's uh, not? Well, according to the story story, story uh, board group, the story group? Uh, say, who okay. says that? So um, I think I I think I remember hearing some, something about this is that people are misinterpreting what they saw in the comic. Yes, because this came up in um, Darth Vader's last. Um, yes, yeah, Darth Vader twenty five. When I remember this, I thought it was kind of odd uh, myself, uh, but I kind of put it out of my mind after that. Because yeah, because in the, even you can see the picture here. You know, you can make some assumptions about what this. Um, what this picture would denote. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also take it another way, which apparently the people didn't. So, which I'll be, I'll be honest with, I think probably when I saw this picture, I probably thought a similar thing. Yeah, but it did definitely have me questioning. Like, I didn't really go into it and like, that happened? Because it was really weird. And didn't make any sense given what we, st- what we knew then, even what we know now. But, so yeah. But apparently, um, yeah. The, they they put the kibosh on that. However, going to the next uh, story, um, apparently Palpatine's voice actor thinks Emperor created uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker. Um, so I saw this um, tweet from one Sam Witwer, who has played a lot of, um, well, who you may know him as uh, Palpatine from the Clone Wars and other places. 
um, and I believe in being human. I believe is where a lot of people may know him from, but he's done a little, a little bit of voice work lately in the Star Wars uh, thing. So he was basically out there saying that, hey, um, cause, and this was after the dude from the story group kind of um, kind of put the kibosh on the theory, and somebody, mm-hmm. I, I, either somebody asked Whitworth about this or Whitworth responded some kind of way, regardless. But the, huh? Oh, that's just no, I didn't say. Okay, so it says a plan was fan was quickly pointed out that what um what was already said about the debunking, uh, and then Whitworth was like, and I agree with and I disagree with him. George put it in his movie. He said, uh, I know a thing or two about a thing or two about the dark side, and I say it's possible, but why? Why does it, why do exist as possible? Because George Lucas made an independent movie and suggested it was possible. As makers of Star Wars, we are here to lay possibilities on the table, not to take them away. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, you can go a couple of different places with with that kind of thinking, and um, I'm going with Star Group, Star Wars Group on this one. Like, yeah. What he says has a negative truth, but at the same time, it's like no, you can interpret what you want. It doesn't mean your interpretation is any right just because, just because it was in here a certain way, or potentially a certain way. Hell, some people still misinterpret the Bible a whole different lot of ways. It doesn't mean how they interpret it as the truth, right? But hey, I digress. So now, whether he was pulling folks' leg or whether he actually believed it, which there is no sign that that would suggest that he wasn't that that he didn't believe it. In other words, he felt, it felt like he did actually believe what he was saying. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. That's sure. Whatever. Next up. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians director John Chu pitches a Rose Tico series for Disney Plus. I think we talked about this on the um, uh, Treasure Edition that we just recorded. That's so. correct. Uh, uh, we, you can listen to that, but, uh, apparently, um, let's see if there's, uh, uh, right. Let's see here. I'm just looking to see what, um, what he proposed or, or he didn't give too much. He just said, let me in coach. Let me do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Um, I, there, if there was another tweet, um, yeah, if there was another tweet behind it, then I don't remember seeing that. But holy cow, the CBR article says she was on screen for a mere one minute and ten and sixteen seconds. Right. I feel like well, As some people say well, there's another article that said a one minute twenty two seconds. Regardless, yeah, it's still very short. Yeah, like six seconds. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like we did talk about that, or at least we mentioned that. As opposed to ten minutes and fifty three seconds in the Last Jedi, holy cow! Right, and uh, there was even I think someone on Twitter which I kind of sort of agree with. Uh, so it recently I didn't put this in the article I don't, uh, or in the lineup either. But so y'all know why? Do y'all want to know why John? Uh, why uh, Dominic Monaghan was in um, the? Um, Rise of Skywalker outside of you just being J.J. Abrams' friend. Okay, outside of that? Yeah. Well, apparently he made a... J.J. Uh, Abrams made a bet with him on a soccer... Uh, uh, basically made a soccer bet. And basically, I think he was like... it was Some team won, he'd put him in Star Wars. 
Oh, okay. And that's what you can do when you're well, run rich and you're a filmmaker. You can put who you want into who happens to be friends you've dealt with before. Like I said, in the Treasure Edition, like I'm, it's, it should be no surprise that this or you know Carrie Russell or anyone else that has that is friends with J.J. Abrams at this point. But the point somebody made um, in that was when this came out was that all of his lines that was given to him, this you know, you know, this, this white guy could have been given to Rose, <laughs> who just got into a movie just because of a bet, you know, with a friend of his. Mm-mm-mm. Could have been given to, to Rose Tico. Mm-mm-mm. It would have well, it would have kind of felt weird coming from her, but nevertheless, you know, especially with because he was he might have been the one that was talking about the huddle maneuver. But still, regardless, she right, he does a couple of things here and there, but oh. at the end of the day, it's just words. He's not doing anything. And yeah, it's he just was weird. basically just getting in the movie, getting a check for for less than nothing. Right. I got way more screen time than 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 um than Kenway Train. Um. And the reason why I don't know if I have this in the article. I thought I did put it in this. Oh yes, I did. It's the next one. Let's so, so let's get into that. Um, the Rise of Skywalker writer explains why several Rose scenes were cut, and I'm just going to go ahead and call bullshit right now. Mm-hmm. And partly the, for the reason why I just said, but the 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 too long didn't read uh, of this was that she had um, Kelly Marie Tran had a bunch of scenes. Well, had some scenes with Carrie Fisher and supposedly um, their visual quality was not up to the standard and ultimately cut. According to the writer, the screenwriter, the special effects part, right? Which. Again, I'm going to call bullshit. Like, yes, okay, maybe it did something that happened, but come on, seriously. That is the that is supposedly the reason why why it was cut. Okay. Anywho, um, I don't think there's anything else been, that's come out since then about that. But I don't and I don't think too many people, you know, believe this reasoning. But mm-hmm. that was the reasoning that was given. Right. Alrighty. Next up, uh, writer Chris Terrio. Uh, in uh, in an interview with Awards Daily, explained that uh, as the script evolved, he actually wanted to split um, Episode Nine into two parts, uh, making up um, you know, Part One and Part Two of Episode Nine, a la uh, Deathly Hallows. Oh, weird! It's almost like he would get two checks from doing that, also. Ah! Oh, weird. And by the way, yes, this is that same. <laughs> writer who was talking from the last so I think this might have been the same um the this where the same place he was talking. So of course he would want to do it put it in the into two you know in into in two movies. I mean that's kind of a cynical view but hey come on. This mm-hmm. is Hollywood. I would I would if you told me that was the case, that was the case. Next up, why spoiler knew so much about Sith in the Rise of Skywalker. So we're we're folding back around to Dominic Monaghan's uh, character, whose name apparently was Beaumont Ken. Uh, this is coming from the Visual Dictionary, which is now out. By the way, you can buy and peruse all these nice facts yourself. Apparently, he was a um, says here. 
with uh, episodes nine's introduction to a host of new characters. Beaumont Ken played a relatively minor role, not as minor as Rose Seiko, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. The Lost Favorite portraying a resistance trooper. Some fans were left a little puzzled by Ken's encyclopedia knowledge. It turns out that he was a historian before joining the resistance, I believe. So it says here, like, yes, uh, the passage on Ken explains how he was on track to become one of the youngest professors at the Lurk Historical Institute when the First Order destroyed the Hosnian system. Okay. So he was basically a professor before he joined the fight. Like, okay, sure, whatever. Uh, so that's pretty much how we knew, which I kind of, I don't think we even talked about that part because his part was still relatively insequential, insequential in the bigger stream of things. And he still had more screen time than Rostico. Oh, you mean inconsequential? Okay. That's what I said. That's what I meant. <laughs> I was like, wait, insequential? I'm like, insequential. Well, I, I mean, you know. You know I got you. I got case you. For that too, no worries. Yes. No worries. No worries. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next up. Next up, uh, Star Wars. The practical reason for Rise of Skywalker's tread speeders? Who's Krasimatic? So the tread speeders, it's the new vehicle that uh, the stormtroopers, I believe, were, were or the, the First Order's troopers were riding. They're flying? They're flying. They're right, flying. the ones that boosted them, right, the ones that gave them the uh, the air boost mm-hmm. and uh, showed off the fact that they had boosted literally or figuratively some jetpacks from the Mandalorians. Basically. I think, did we, I, I feel like we mentioned that in the, I hope we had to mention that in the, in the, uh, in the, um, probably just in show. passing. Yeah. Cause I know I've said it online. It was like, that's, yeah, they totally stole that. Anywho, and matter of fact, I think I also mentioned something about it, Cause it says here that, um, due to their anti repulsor lift technology, I was like, well, they, they took Stark tech too. Hmm. Which that was just a joke. They don't, you know, right? But the the transporter is slated to have great military value to the first order, which saw fit to create vehicles immune to their own high yield repulsor jamming technology. Should it ever be used against them? So again, this is also coming from the uh, visual visual dictionary, that font of knowledge, such as it is. Right. So annoying. Yeah, kinda. Um. Next up. Uh, hang on for a second. All right. Is this me, Deadpool? Yes. All right. Deadpool 3 is in development at Marvel Studios, confirmed by Ryan Reynolds. Oh, good for them. Oh, wait. No, no. Hold on. We're missing one. We skip one? Skip one. Yeah. Get Jimmy? Yep. So apparently, um, so yeah, Deadpool three, whatever. Um, apparently, Star Wars, the new Star Wars planet, Kijimi, was named after a synthesizer. Uh, one that JJ apparently particularly likes, according to uh, a picture, or that okay. around, which is not in this article, I don't think. But yeah, so JJ Abrams, um, let's see, he's a big synth fan, uh, and apparently. The Kajimi is a lush polysynth from Black Corporation. We also make her herself plus some other stuff, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, he named a new planet after a synthesizer. Um, you know, along with the other stuff he has put in the movie that is of real world note, I guess. It's a nice looking synthesizer, though, but hey, there you go. The more you know. Uh, next up, well, that's the Deadpool thing we already talked about that. Go ahead and take this next one. 
another Black Widow trailer is coming sooner than you think, probably to surprise everyone, including Scarlett Johansson. It's going to air on January 13th, 2020, during the College Football National Championship on ABC. So in other words, it won't be like dropped early in the morning like this other one did. Right. It's just a matter of when during the game they're going to drop it. Probably halftime, I would imagine. But yeah, who knows? Um, Game begins at 8, so maybe not about three hours. Yeah, that, that could be... Probably. Well, wait, is there? Let me shut up. Anyway, it's college football. Who cares when it shows up? Um, Huh? I said, you got me. Yeah. Doctor Strange 2 debuts a character Marvel has always wanted, quote unquote, to use. And that character is... Um, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. So apparently Clea and Jericho Drum, a.k.a. Dr. Voodoo, mm-hmm. will possibly make their uh, MCU debuts in the Doctor Strange sequel. Interesting. Yeah, really. So, let me see. And actually, um, it doesn't necessarily say who this other person is, though. But Feige basically said that sometimes choosing a title hero, choosing which main character team you want to bring to screen. And oftentimes uh, it's it's as you're making and developing the movie, asking, who will it be? Who will fit into it? Uh, the next Doctor Strange film, for instance, features some new MCU characters which will be making a debut in that movie. You won't expect or guess who it is, but we found a cool way to make it work because we want to make a particular type of movie there. And there was a character who we always wanted to do something with who will really fit. And then it just goes into the movie, the rumors, like I just said, of Clea and Jericho Drum. So those are just rumors and not necessarily the actual factuals. Right. So okay. we I don't know who this other person is going to be. Maybe it's Ghost Rider. Could be Nick Cage again. We don't know. Good God, hope not. Mm. You just had to bring it up. <laughs> Next up. <laughs> Next up, uh, Kevin Feige in a recent New York Film Academy interview uh, said that a film currently in production features a transgender character. My bet is Eternals because there's a whole host of people in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I totally can see that one either because I was – I'm not sure where I was totally thinking, but even whoever that was thinking at the time wouldn't have been the one because they're more of a shapeshifter, not transgender. But yeah, I I feel like if that's going to be, if they're going to do it, it's probably going to be where they did it. Yeah, because like I said, there's a whole host of people in that movie that they can put in. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that they're going to take that opportunity to uh, broaden everybody's uh, perspectives and horizons on that. Yeah, because that's the only other, fairly certain that's the only other film outside of Black Widow that they're actively filming, I believe. So, could be Black Widow, but I doubt it. Next up, uh, Disney Plus has found its Miss Marvel, according to a report. So... It sounds like, well, this is a rumor, so we don't know anything but what somebody just tweeted out that's saying. So, so I need to stop putting a lot of these rumors in, especially if they're not, you know, have any kind of active sourcing. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes it's fun, but a lot of times it's annoying. So we may or may not have found a, a Miss Marvel. We don't know who it is. So 
this is kind of useless. Next right. up. Uh, in one story where we do have sourcing, Kevin Feige, again, at that same talk at uh, New York Film Academy, confirmed that Disney Plus's She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel shows all have their respective showrunners in place. So they do have direction and are not rudderless ships. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. Yes. Yeah. Also, in certain lights, look like um, um, Opie from 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 <laughs> from Mayberry. But anyway, that's a that's. Let me stop. That's not. That's not. I wasn't me to saying that to be mean, but that last picture of him did kind of look like uh, like a grown up Opie. Anywho, so yeah, and it looks like um, says so two out of the three of them are women. The showrunners in question, so. I would presume those would be for the two shows that are leading with with uh, women leads. Maybe, maybe one for Moon Knight. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's that's good news. Uh, moving right along, Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, set photo reveals an X Men centric location, and that location ends up being Madripoor. Mm. Which. As we've, uh, as we have known in the comics, especially recently, you know, there's been more light drawn on. I mean, it's been in and out of the comics for for years. Granted, you know, so it's not like a place that's been like on the low. But at the same time, it has kind of that name has kind of popped up here and there, relatively frequently in the comics, also. Right. And not uh, X Men centered, so. That's not saying these sisters too, but that's usually the place that you would know it from, you know, historically. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like our um, Falcon Bulky maybe possibly going to uh, Madripoor, which is cool. Yeah, There's definitely lots of storytelling possibilities there. Or at the very least, it'll be brought up. Necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean it'll. They may go there. Like it could be just reference it. You know. mm Hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we found out there's some things going on in Madripoor. We don't need to go, but, you know, I'm just saying there's a thing. Maybe they'll run into Taskmaster and he's there, which is has to happen in the case in the comics. Um, so next up. Uh, let's see. Uh, we are moving into our spillover. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's a report that Moon Knight will feature two major Marvel horror characters, according to... Somebody on Patreon, apparently, Werewolf by Night and Dracula will appear in Moon Knight. Yeah, apparently this person is a, is a, I guess, a quote-unquote credible rumor uh, person. Okay. I don't know. It's still, I still would like more better sourcing than that, but at the same time, I picked this thing, so I'm, I, I'm just like I said earlier, I'm at fault. But if it's the case, then it makes sense because, you know, Werewolf by Night and Dracula, you know, that little known uh, character, Dracula, who's never seen in the movies ever any place before. Right. But not Marvel. But not from the Marvel perspective. So that's really the same character. Who cares? Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Werewolf by Night, Dracula, maybe possibly Moon Knight. Makes sense. If that happens. Um, Disney Plus moves up WandaVision premiere to 2020 instead of 2021, as it originally was slated, which, huh, um, I guess just like and not unlike, uh, Wonder Woman, 
but they didn't they never said they were moving up World War One, but it's just just finished. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, apparently uh they still know it exact date on when it's going to uh, release but they it is definitely slated to be on this here year 2020 and not the ABC show which is actually kind of funny now that you think about it it's 2020 and they don't have in 2020 on the air anymore ah. so I don't know weird if you're of a certain vintage you know what 2020 is and not the vision next up Although, ha, I see that 2020 division. Ha ha. Okay. Films are quietly <laughs> disappearing from Disney Plus. Interesting. I like he's just, just, he's just like, okay, I'm, I'm moving this along. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I think this kind of goes along with something we, we talked about in the past. You remember there was an article about um, someone went through the, was scraping through the data and found out there looked to be expiration dates on some of the movies. Mm-hmm. But even though there's no front-facing uh, notice of that, but apparently, some maybe some of that was actually true. And but it's not like big stuff. It looks like it's stuff like Doctor Doolittle, Pirates of the Cam- uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, on Stranger to- Tides, the Home Alone movies, and the Sunlight Sunlight are no longer on Disney. That's Plus. interesting. That's interesting. I'd like to have watched the Sandlot on Disney Plus. Well, too bad. Should have caught it. Killing me, Smalls. <laughs> I saw that on there, and I was like, "That seems weird to be on there." But I think that was a Fox property, if I'm not mistaken. That's um, interesting. And Home Alone, Home Alone Two makes sense. It's not Christmas anymore, so I mean, that's not saying that should be shouldn't have a reason why to take it off. But still, those are Christmas movies. You're killing me, Smalls. And I believe they still have some of the other Christmas offerings on there. So don't write right. in and tell me that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, we don't know. Um, with the exception of Dr. Doolittle and Pirates of the Caribbean, I believe all of those were Fox properties. So I was going to say maybe that has something to do with it more than not, but maybe not. Disney hadn't said anything according to this article, so who knows what's going on. Um, let's see. Yeah, I guess it said, yeah, if somebody, someone said it went back into the vault. Hmm. Which Fox, 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 uh, Fox movies in, in the Disney vault. Who would have thought that was going to be the case? Right. Next up, um, from The Witcher, that major change to Netflix's Geralt is because of Henry Cavill, and I believe you and I, Agent Seventy, kind of talk, might have talked about this. Um, maybe behind the scenes, I can't remember or not. Oh no, we we mentioned on the show, but and I think I said something about he's pretty stoic and he is kind of in the games. But apparently, according to uh, the books, he's usually talkative, and even in the the um, the book, I mean, excuse me, in the in the games, he's more talkative than he is on the show. But basically, okay. according to this article, because uh, according to I guess the writer. Um, they who said in the first episode when he originally wrote it, Geralt spoke a lot because that's what he looks like. That's what he's like in the books. People always think of uh, Geralt as historic, which kind of still is, I don't know. But in the books, he stops, talks nonstop. And like I said, in the game, he kind of doesn't talk as much, but he is, he can talk a good bit. But uh, when we were on the set, and especially when we got in the cutting room, we realized that we didn't need the, all the exposition. Um, Henry brings such a depth and layered performance to Geralt that we don't need him to tell us anything that he's feeling. 
which I feel like you could spin that a whole different another way, but we won't get into it to that. You know, maybe it's right. because of lack of acting that you would make him say. But nah, I you know what? Cal's doing pretty good on that one. From what I've seen so far, have you watched it? No, not yet. Have you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've watched like um, I haven't watched all of it yet. Uh, but okay. I've watched like the first two or three episodes. It's pretty good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, moving right along. All right, so I've got the full comic book television release schedule. It's all the CW stuff. Uh, 2020, we're going to get Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, Season 1 on CW Seed. Uh, January 6th, the January 21st, DC Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, season 5 is going to start on CW, January 24th. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is going to start Season 3 on Netflix. Katie Keene, Season 1 is going to start... On the CW, February sixth yeah, and February seventh, Lock and Key season one is going to start on Netflix, and that's the immediate future. Right, and there's some other stuff that um, is returning and, and and coming back, such as the Boondocks and One Division. Starting, we've already talked about that. That Pennyworth season uh, two are apparently still a thing. Titan season right. three is is going to be themed. Doom Patrol season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, another season of Spider-Man on Disney XD, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hellstrom apparently is, is possibly still slated, Stargirl, you know, just stuff that's right. a little bit more pertinent, and there's some other stuff. Um, I don't know what this Hilda is. I don't know if that's Hilda as in Sabrina's aunt, Hilda. Um, so I have no idea what that is and what, what title, what comic book that's related to. You got me. And, of course, there's a Young Justice Season 4 that is coming. The boys, more DuckTales. Um, yeah. So, a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Uh, for Joker, though, you can read the full screenplay online if you so choose to do such a thing, according to Deadline. Well, excuse me, that, that last paraphrase was from me, but if you definitely wanted to, you can go to Deadline. So... Um, what does it say here? Yeah, the script is notably opened with an intro disclaimer from Todd Phillips and uh, Silver, who provide a quick description of the tone, backdrop, and place within a D- within the DC Extended Universe. Um, also, the year 1981-ish. And it mm. kind of goes into all of that. So, I guess they intended to put this online because you don't normally or open up a... Um, you don't necessarily put a script online with an opening... You know, with a forward, so, but like I said, there's a link in the uh, there's a link in the article if you so choose to want to check that out. Have you seen Have you seen it? What's that, Joker? No, not yet. Yeah, neither have I. Which hey, I got it, folks. Out. We yeah, had, I got how to do it. I guess. Yeah, we uh, yeah. Given what happened last week, I don't want to risk doing it the same way I was doing it. But uh, uh, I don't care enough about that movie to do it. We'll see. We've got yet in the in the year stuff we still need to hash out. So we'll see if that mm-hmm. happens before that. Uh, next up. All righty. Uh, apparently, Jared Leto's <laughs> Joker will not appear in the upcoming Birds of Prey movie, even Hold though. Up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Board... What's up? <laughs> okay. So apparently we're sharing that, and that's a good thing. It is. Um, yeah, I was just going to add that uh, despite the fact that uh, this Har- Harley Quinn story 
doesn't necessarily follow up on all of the events of that Suicide Squad movie. It does, in fact, follow up um, in uh, in time. So it follows up on her uh, breakup, apparently, with uh, Mr. J. And, um, you know, that particular version of Mr. J. And, uh, you know, I kind of find it surprising that we won't even get a cameo. No, I'm glad. I'm. We, he does not need it. Screw that guy anyway. But, um... I hated that version of, 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 of Joker. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know people like him because they like Jared Leto, but that's a stupid reason to like a character anyway. That's fine. Personal, personally. But his, it wasn't good. It wasn't to me. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. That's fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, as the house burns all around you, which you while you're sitting in with your cup. Mm-hmm. Um, CW's Deathstroke cartoon sneaks up with a debut date. And that date is shortly coming in January 6th on the CWC streaming service. So four days from this here recording. Um, this that, that thing's going to be out. If they don't like it, this is going to be a real short because those things are not very long. In fact, I, I think the whole thing, usually a whole quote-unquote season is usually like 30 minutes if they don't like the rest of them. If they don't, don't like the rest of them, then the rest of them got robbed because they didn't, they didn't, they would have done vibe and, not vibe, um, um, fixing dirty. But we'll see. Next up. Alrighty, next up. Uh, report. Watchmen's Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is playing Morpheus in Matrix 4. Now do you believe? Yes. <laughs> we which had our respective, our respective quotes coming up. Yes, which I feel like this was the, um, this was the, the initial rumor of basically had people saying, hey, he's going to play more uh, Morpheus anyway. And this is just more on that, I guess. Which, you know what? Hey, he's all right. Oh, sure. Why not? If that ends up being the case. Maybe a little, I don't want to say stunt casting, but, yeah. I don't know. The dude's all right. Um, but uh, I believe last, but not least for our cinematic stuff, uh, Sid Mead. A visionary futurist who worked on Blade Runner and Tron uh, has passed away at the age of 46. Um, so it doesn't say. Uh, I don't believe it says what he passed, what he died from, but just that he's recently passed away in Pasadena. He was 86. Uh, survived by his family. He has worked on a lot of stuff, including the aforementioned stuff, uh, including uh, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek, The Motion Picture, Aliens, Time Cop, Mission Impossible Three, Elysium, and Tomorrowland. So he's been working for a good, good, good long time. Okay. Um. Says Roger Servick, his spouse. Oh, Roger Servick, his spouse and business partner of forty years, told Deadline that Mead had been falling, had been in failing health due to uh, lymphoma, cancer, and he was undergoing treatment in at City of Hope in Duarte, California. So that is possibly what got him. Yep, he also did Blade Runner twenty forty nine as well as the original Blade Runner. So. And I know there was a lot of uh, condolences on Twitter from from various, uh, you know, 
comics industry folk, you know, knowing his work and, and cinematic folks knowing his work. So it's definitely if you did not know if you did not know his name, you definitely knew of his work. So that is a sad and passing. Definitely. Um, and that is the end of the cinematic news. I will like to point out to people uh, a bit in the uh, uh, clickbait section uh, that there is a article about the 12 Star Wars episodes to watch explaining that Mandalorian bombshell. You know the one I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> um, and yes. Definitely, if you are so, if you watch that video, if you watched the the end of the Mandalorian, like what was that about? Yeah, these are the, definitely the episodes that you want to go check out, and possibly including the the upcoming um, uh, Clone Wars season, which I'm fairly certain will probably <laughs> will play a part in. All right, you'll learn. Yeah, I was about to say you probably just need to uh, watch what's already out there and catch up on Rebels. To get to, uh, I mean, for the most part, that's basically what this is saying. But yeah, to get to, to to get to a point where you're basically caught up with everybody else. But there's a whole arc in Clone Wars that 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 deals oh, with definitely, definitely yeah, that deals with Mandalorians and uh, the 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 Dark Saber de- definitely comes into play. Oops, I said it. Mm-hmm. Dark Saber, <laughs> man. I man, I love that when they have. I'm like, because my big thing is like, okay, how the hell did he get it? Anyway, that's sorry, spoilers for for folks. That's season two. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. And um, I guess I don't know. There are questions about that because one, how did he get it? And two, like, is it going to feed into this next season of Clone? Well, I guess no, it's not because this is technically this is after that, way after that fact. So never mind. So even if they don't talk about it here, I imagine they'll get to a point in, in cl- this next season of Clone Wars where that's coming up. And I guess, well, wait, because Rebels is before this also. So technically, whatever happened in Rebels with that feeds Would into this. this yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like like Agent 70 said. Anyway, it's cool all the way around. It's a, it's a cool thing. Now we go into the uh, comic book news. We'll transition into the comic book news now. Uh, just give me a second. It's really not a whole lot this week, surprisingly. No. But uh, you know, well, we're still in the new year, so we're still just breaking the the wrap on 2020. So there isn't as much um, comic book news as there probably probably will be next week. Sure, and a lot of it is like stuff that happens in this week's books anyway, which mm-hmm. to happen. Um, I already, already saw one or two that's like, yeah, but we just didn't talk about it. Anyway, the youngest X-Men just broke Krakoa's Cardinal Roll. I alluded to this earlier, um, and this is coming from last week's New Mutants number four, Yep, in, in which those troublesome French kids just start... <laughs> Those are some weird kids, man. They are. They totally are. Like, even a little bit I read from the last volume, it's like, the heck? Because, yeah, because yeah, even that last volume, they cause a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, we're referring to Maxine and Manon, the little twin, I think they're twins. Yes. Uh, the little twin French kids who uh, basically are mind controllers, and they were not very friendly to the X-Men when they first met. Nope. And they proved to not be very helpful on an away mission well some would argue that they were very helpful for the wrong in the wrong way right but 
Yeah. Like, this, this is not no, no star in Aurora, folks. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so yeah, if you if you haven't read New Mutants number four and check it out, it's yeah, it's it's a thing. So I would imagine that's going to I assume that's going to come up again. We can only assume because I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you know, like yeah, they. Well, keep... I mean, I was going to say I think this part. I, I think what what I think it's Duggan who's on New Mutants. Yes, and and Hickman is co-writing, correct? Wait, wait, no. It says Brisson, Ed Brisson's. Oh, Brisson. I'm sorry. Wait, that doesn't, doesn't seem right, though. But yeah, this is Ed Brisson and, and Marco Falia. Hold on. It is Brisson. Yeah. It is Brisson. On, on Which on... makes sense. So, and things in, that happened in that, um, in, in that issue makes a whole lot more sense now. Because, you know, Brisson's lot uh, uh, is kind of a more action-oriented dude. Right, and Brisson, yeah, I guess... Uh, Brisson wrote the previous issue as well. Did didn't Hickman? I think I think Duggan is is doing. I think Duggan is doing uh, New Mutants, but he's also doing that other stuff without that's the the, the folk out in space, and not this. Right. So yeah, I, exactly. I think that's how they split up the duties, the writing duties on right. this book. So I think that the next issue is going to have this Earthbound arc. Yeah, I think that's uh, when they, they get back to the main team. Yeah, exactly. So um, this has proven to be a, a very interesting book, dividing its time between the OG New Mutants plus a couple of uh, uh, new additions to them. Hang and on. Wait, he's... no, because it says I'm looking at the the first issue says Brisson too. So I think he's been writing the whole time. On New Mutants, yeah. What am I thinking of when I'm thinking of uh, Duggan is doing Marauders for certain. Right, Duggan is doing Marauders. What is what was Hickman co-writing for the beginning? I think it was New Mutants. Well, he's on. He's also on New Mutants. Also, he's co-writing. Well, according to Comicsology, he's co-writing. But I think he kind of has a hand in all of. Like he's kind of overseeing everything. Right. So, like he's kind of just there, but he's he's letting them doing the, the hit, but he's just guiding them. Right, that was my understanding. I thought that he had a more direct hand in New Mutants. Um, I think, but, but yeah, but I think he's directly writing X Men. Right, that I know, but yeah. in terms of uh, any sort of co-writing arrangement, I thought it was New Mutants. I could be wrong, right? But in any event, um, you know, we'll see where this goes in the next issue because I think that's probably going to tie up this little uh, this little story arc with the uh, the Earthbound uh, newer. X Men and what and uh, and I guess the other new generations of mutants, right? Or if not, maybe it'll um, like at least call to it. I would assume if they go back to the to the space space folk. But yeah, we'll see. Um, X twenty three sync and Darwin reached X Men status in number five, which is a wait. Hang on, what's that? No, yeah, X Men number five, which is a book is yeah. not even out yet. It's the upcoming issue. Right. Right. It's just a tease for the upcoming issue. And I was just going to get to this. Um, this was teased uh, in this article uh, because, you know, they're they're a little bit behind on X-Men. Right. That's they, right. Because four have, and five are, or we already talked about the, the fact they were going to be uh, late. Right. They're a little late. They're not months late. Right. They're weeks late. So this tease, uh, the, this, the story tease um, is out there. Probably because the preview copies went out already. Right. So, but yeah, it's interesting to see Sync being alive again. And Darwin being Darwin around. Being alive 
Yes, exactly. So, so hey, yeah, go go figure. You know, and then seeing X twenty three not in the Fallen Angels book. So right, which yeah, they're yeah they're yeah they they flipping around. Um, Marvel's Star Wars reveals uh, Empire Strikes Back's aftermath. We kind of already talked about this. Um. So we don't necessarily need to go back on that. Read Star Wars number one, this one and the last one, but this one, if you're so, if you are, you know, wanting some uh, aftermath of Empire. That's all we'll say about that. Next mm-hmm. up, uh, in a related story, uh, Star Wars Empire Ascended, the 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 book that we were referring to that came out was it last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Uh, reveals why Darth Vader wanted Death Troopers. These are those uh, much more ominous-looking stormtroopers who are dressed all in black. And we've seen in um, Mandalorian recently and in, in other places. Right. Uh, Star Wars-related. But yeah, so that story, I, I read that story, which was, like I said uh, earlier, uh, in that uh, the Empire Sin stuff. That's interesting. It's... um. Yeah, I'm like, huh? That's um, I didn't expect that to go that way. Or maybe I did actually. Not to think about it, but yeah. Let's just say there's more to the name Death Trooper than than um than you know. You will have to read that issue to find out what. That's right. Um, revisiting Spider-Man's Clone Saga on its 25th anniversary. So this this article came out uh, on Christmas Eve. But uh, apparently, uh, before One More Day, before Superior Spider-Man, there was the Clone Saga. Um, And this year marks its 25th uh, anniversary of 1994's The Clone Saga. The stories are... Say what? Unreal. It's been 25 years. My goodness. (laughs) Which, you know, that that, uh, saga has, let's say, reverberated (laughs) uh, at various times and, and places... Uh, over the years so but uh yeah if you haven't read it the story introduced fan favorite ben riley as it was revealed that ben was the real peter parker and our peter was a clone which angered fans and led to the arc's controversial legacy uh even though the story polarized many fans marvel has used the clone saga as an inspiration for many of their other spider stories like i said reverberated including storylines in ultimate spider-man and then more recently in spider-man the clone conspiracy which led to the return of ben riley after decades of absence and then the rest just goes into the article with um uh uh the writer terry kavanaugh and tom devaco who was an executive editor back then. So, you're so glad. Check that out. If you want to reread uh, Clone Talker, go feel free to do that. Next up. All righty. Uh, next up. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, Null, uh, the god of symbiotes, symbiotes, just started Marvel's Blackest Night. That's a reference to DC's Blackest Night. And some of the uh, some of the uh, similarities uh, between the two um, character between the characters involved in these two separate events across two different companies. It's as if, as we have said before, they are playing from the same playbook. Mm. Weird. 
So yeah, that's the thing. Um, what happens from here on out, I'm sure we'll find out fairly soon with that. Um, also, this that was from Venom 21, which I didn't read. I believe you did. Skimmed it. Yeah. Uh, check out Ms. Marvel's living new living costume. Uh, will play a major role, quote-unquote, in the Marvel Universe. And apparently, according to this article, it says don't call it a symbiote. We already have. Too late. Huh. Um, just called out the similarities to the symbiote, knowing that it was tech. So Yeah. Yeah. So we we did do diligence, but still, you, you gotta you gotta see what it is. So apparently, yeah, this this, this thing's gonna gonna um, gonna get pushed forward in some sort of way. Um, and I guess we'll get to see. Well, it says here is in the months ahead, the strange being will not only play a role in Miss Marvel's adventures, but in the Marvel universes as a whole. Uh, reads the publisher's announcement. So what we're gonna, we're gonna find out this is some sort of uh, techno symbiote. Uh, species, um, or it's like a bunch of warlocks that are that have that have been repurposed. Yeah, whatever happened to <laughs> whatever happened That's... to warlocks? People, wait, isn't oh, that the the, uh, the, uh, the the was it the technarch? I believe so. Uh. I mean, granted, this is this is Cree based, so it's probably a little bit more to it than just that. But that's just me thinking. Right. I mean, exactly. I mean, you're just thinking out loud. I mean, uh, the Phalanx is not that. You know, we we've seen them relatively. Yeah, we've seen the Phalanx. Yeah. Yeah, that's them. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, we're still yeah, and they're still kind of upcoming and whatever's going on in the X first. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so this whole Miss Marvel and her suit thing, we'll see what's what's going to happen with that. and what it means to the Marvel Universe going forward. Sure. All right, next up, uh, the first wave of McFarlane Toys' new batch of DC licensed figures have been revealed. I did get a chance to take a look at uh, pretty much all of these on as they were posted on social media over the last day or two. Hmm. And I guess to, I, I think they dropped today and, you know, post New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have some opinions on some of these uh, toys okay. and some opinions on the articulation or lack thereof in the mid body. You know, in the chest and the at what we've traditionally seen in uh, Marvel Legends figures as the ab crunch or lack thereof. Right. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. This is this looks like there's a piece of this look like there's armor over his his, his 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 like he has another piece of armor over his suit. Right, and it's just the sw- it looks like it's just a swivel. Right. That's definitely a hindrance. But I definitely see uh, an attention to detail for the rest of the figure and an attention to making it more of a collector's item as opposed to a kid's toy. Right. But I'm still not sold yet on the uh, on on the figures. The rib cage flexibility exactly around the midsection. Yeah, that is that is weird looking. Right, watch, looking, yeah. yeah. If you're watching the video, you can see me scrolling through. Like there's just the, the well, this is the Superman one, uh, the Batman one. Nice, but in terms of 
you know, what you can do with these characters, it seems to be slightly limited. And depending on what the price point is, my understanding is that it's supposed to be on the affordable side. Sure. So we're talking about between 20 and $30. And it probably says here, um, yeah, there's the Batgirl one, there's the Nightwing one, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right. And there's also some uh, DC animated series uh figures in there as well there's a batman superman uh harley and uh john stewart which is cool yep there's the batman one there's the superman one uh there's the green lamp there we go there's there's a john stewart there yeah he just like lex luther's in his batter suit kind of but um with a tan well, I mean, yeah, granted, but you know, I don't know. It's kind of going back to that articulation thing you were talking about. Right, exactly. I mean, but the thing is, they've never really articulated the animated series figures very well. Right. Anything that's based on the animated series is very stiff and very straight up and down. So, right. and there's even I, some Arrowverse stuff in here too. Right. I'm just I'm mildly disappointed to see that they have chosen not to make uh, these characters as poseable as they could have. Um, I like the Hellbat armor, mm-hmm. and I like the Batman who laughs. It looks good. I just don't know how poseable they're going to be. Right. Some Batmobiles. Well, the Batmobile is... Uh, uh, what call it? It's a build, build a. It's a build a figure, huh? For some of these characters, some of these characters are going to come with pieces of the Batmobile that if you put, if you buy them, if you buy them all, you can put the Batmobile together like a smaller Batmobile. Right. Weird. Um. But yeah, that's the thing. So, uh, let's see if we can find a price real quick before we move on. Six to twelve inches, ultra posable, according to this is what it says. Um, twenty uh, nineteen ninety nine to twenty four ninety nine. There you go. For yeah, detailed seven inch figures with an impressive twenty two points of art, uh, articulation, according to this article. So, all right, cool. Um, on the pop front, we have Birds of Prey Funko Pops reveal new Harley Quinn black mask looks. <laughs> Pardon me. So this is from uh, the the upcoming Birds of Prey movie. You see the the Harley Quinn um, in roller skates, keychain, pencil toppers with uh, various ca- oh well, that's various Harleys, I guess. Um, not sure what that's supposed to be. Well, I'm assuming that's supposed to be um, 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 Black Canary. Maybe I don't know who that is supposed to be. Wait. I guess. Yeah, it says uh, Black Canary, Huntress, and Roman, whoever this is. So, basically people from the movie. So, yeah, there you go. Cool. Next up. Uh, Next up, head on over to uh, the beat, comicsbeat.com, for a list of the 65 most anticipated graphic novels for winter 2020. So I guess this is stuff that's coming out in the uh, in the near future. Mm-hmm. And when they say winter 2020, I'm thinking like November of 2020. Well, yeah, January is according to this January through March is what they're what they're. Gotcha. Right. So it's the near future. Yeah. 
which some would call fiscal <laughs> for the fiscal quarter, but first hey, that's quarter. A, you know the first quarter twenty twenty. Yes. So there's uh, stuff from Jean Luen, Luen Yang, Gabriel uh, Gabriel Bell, Lucy Nisley, and John Pham. There's a nonfiction book about Bruce Lee. Uh, there's a excuse me. There's a Diana Princes of the Amazons, young looks like a young adult book by uh, Shannon and Dean Hale, uh, and uh, some um, some other stuff from notable stuff. Right. Oh, What's Louise Simonson cool? is writing a Wonder yeah. Woman. Easy. I st- I did see that. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, um, uh, Lara right, uh, Laura R. Oh wait, Michael Alred is doing the um, Bowie book, and Laura Alred is, is doing the art on it. Hmm. That's interesting. As in David Bowie. I would just add that uh, just scrolling through the list, it's it's cool that this in this uh, includes several uh, publishers of the um uh, of graphic novels we're obviously not talking about just the big two comic book publishers but right. uh specifically including uh publishers like Scholastic who um who are definitely um uh mainstays in the uh young adult graphic novel section true and even uh Viz Media is in the in the folder with some uh, Persona 5 and Star Wars stuff and definitely. more on the manga line so yeah, yeah, there's all right. So it's Bob Marley book, huh? Weird. There's plenty out there for people to take a look at. So head on over to uh, the comicsbeat.com page and uh, take a look at this list. Right. Uh, especially, uh, I guess that Green Lantern Legacy book, which I know we've been hearing a, a good a little bit about. Um, that's coming in a couple of weeks. So cool. Uh, like Agent Seven Say, go check that out on that list. Um, next up. Uh, how Mile High Comics changed comic book distribution. This is just an article. Yeah, basically. So um, I just throw it in here because you know we think of some people. A lot of people know the name Mile High Comics, uh, and there's a little behind the scenes of how they, you know, uh, of some some things they got into um, from from then to now. So it might be worth a look if you're so inclined. It's actually kind of an interesting article. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh, Bianca. I apologize, uh, Zunisi. Um, I apologize for, for messing up your name, but is teaching making comics course at Chicago's DePaul University. Uh, apparently, I was about to say. I wonder if that's pronounced Shunish, Shunis, Shunis. Like you know how you know that sounds? Yeah, because the X is yes, yes, yes. It has a shusha. Yeah, yeah that that sounds. That sounds plausible. Okay, I don't know because I didn't have look didn't, didn't look it up beforehand. Um, but again, I still apologize for butchering your name because that's not something I tend to want to do. But anyway, so the course uh, is called Making Comics, uh, and the course introduces students to components of graphic narrative, including superhero and alternative comics, uh, comic strips, manga, and graphic novels. Read DePaul's description of the course. Students will, co- will learn fundamentals, materials, and techniques, including penciling and inking, digital painting and coloring, and color publishing, and create their own graphic narratives. This is cool. I wish they had something like this when, when we were in school. Of course. Um, 
Also, I believe Steens is also teaching uh, the Christina Steens. Uh, um, I forget her last name, but I believe she's also uh, teaching a somewhat similar course uh, at a school. So that's cool that this stuff is kind of getting out there like that. Um, so, hey, shout out. Uh, and I believe that is it. If you want to hit us with the last ad read. Okay, our last ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now, the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And as we come to the close of another uh, exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles, we'd like to thank each and every one of you all for coming out. Uh, we will be back next week, same bet time, same bet channel here on these here, um, well, one, recording live Thursday nights on uh, around 9.30 p.m. on the, the Click Nation's uh, um, YouTube channel. Um, and... Hopefully, if all goes well and everything stays straight and sane, we will also bring you that episode and also possibly uh, the end of the year or deliberations that we would normally have around this time. So look forward to that if we can, if uh, if the, if all goes well. If we can hurt all the cats, basically, yeah. <laughs> And get all our ducks in the rows that they would go along for us. But until then, I am Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at Newsers Need on Twitter. You can also find me at TB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and his umbrella sites therein. Uh, Tim D O G G oh my I Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, uh, C B Cron on Twitter, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N and theclicknation.com. Also, comic resources where he's over there writing his face off. You can find this hero podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find this here podcast at your podcast perusal place of choice in the forms of Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple, Apple, why do I keep doing that? Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and the Coast Lizard Podcast SoundCloud page. Again, we will be back next week. Um, 
I think, yeah, we are going to do a regular show next Thursday and then try to schedule in a uh, the the end of the year. Or who knows, we may surprise you do vice versa. We'll exactly. See. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, just stay tuned to our social media. You'll find out one way or the other which one it is. So until then, this has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. I love it when a plan comes together. It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your email?